0: Hello, everyone. I am Samora your host, and the fellas are here for another episode of SJH Man Cave. We are live on Facebook and looking forward to another fantastic conversation. If you're watching this on Facebook, please make sure that you hit that like button and share the discussion. You can also follow us at SJH Podcast Family. If you're watching us on YouTube, Remember that you can see this and other videos at SJH Man Cave. Once you're there, please tap the subscribe button and hit the bell to make sure you are alerted when new videos are available. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SJH Man Cave and email us at info at sjhmancave.com. And with all that being said, let's dive right in. And Hudson, I think we'll start with you. How was your week, brother?
1: You know, I, I think every guy has had this like thing go on before, and, and I... You know, I think it's time we put a we start to come together and put a stop to it. So, you know, I'm I'm going out the back door and, and, and my wife, she's sitting, you know, she's sitting in that area. Right. And, and I just want to take out the garbage. I'm going to take out the garbage, you know, at her request, mind you. Now, you take out that garbage, you open that door. Right. And all of a sudden. You know, just oh you gotta close that door. It's a cold air coming in. I would like you like you see me struggling <laughs> with like eight <air> packs <laughs> <bags laughs> of garbage. <laughs> I'm trying to sneak out the door and get out of there. <laughs> and I just can't help but look up like, really? You know, you could just help me with the door, you know, and, and this stuff kind of happens like like frequently. Like like I'm I'm coming in with groceries. I'm coming in the front door now and she right there. In the living room, and as soon as I open that door, I start to bring in groceries. You got to close that door. This is cold. It's too much cold coming in. I'm like, i like, you help me pull some of these in, and we can close this door fast. I mean, you know,
0: and everything will be all right.
1: I mean. <laughs> You know, and, and I don't mind pulling in the groceries. That's fine with me. But, you know, like, understand that I'm pulling in bags and bags. I'm, you know, I'm trying to get this stuff in. Don't don't be hassling me about the door. You know, just sit back, do your knitting or, or you know, or your crocheting or whatever it is
0: that <laughs>
1: you yeah. women folk do in your free time. I don't know. But do that. Child rear. End. I don't <laughs> know what y'all do. Just Just do it well, I bring these groceries in and I close the door. I just don't understand it. So, you know, that that's always interesting. But the worst part is when it happened, like, first thing in the morning. So, like, I'm going to take out the trash first thing in the morning. And so when it come up first thing in the morning, I'll be like, okay, I see what kind of day this is going to be. Cause you know it, it starts a pattern off right there, like you know, and you got an to put it into it right there. Like, look here, don't start giving me little tiny orders like this, okay? I'm gonna get the garbage out, and I'm gonna close the door when I close it, you know. But that—that's kind of been my of the week. I'm just saying. That, I mean, am I wrong? Do y'all not go through this too?
2: usually, when I'm taking the trash out. And uh, I get yelled at it's because my wife is definitely afraid of bugs. Mm -hmm. Now I tried to explain to her that it's only 40, maybe 35 degrees outside early in the morning because I'm taking it out about 7.30. There are no bugs, huh? Bugs are gone. It's not happening anymore. Nothing's flying around just waiting to come in our house because it's warm. It's over with. And there's no more bugs. But according to her, something's going to come flying in. She don't know what it's going to be. She, she mostly takes a data still walking around here still doing what it is they doing. It's, it's, and, and then she has this thing about, like, if, if a bug gets in there or gets in here, then either I'm not, I'm going to either have to call off from work or I'm going to have to come home from work and come and kill it. And I've done my best to try to let her know that's probably not going to happen. So either you leave it to its own devices and let it do what it's doing, and I'll take care when I get home, just keep an eye on it, Otherwise, you know, there's, there's no reason I have to close the door so fast. It's okay. No way. I'm the one taking out the trash. So I tell you what, you won't get the door closed? Well, if you go ahead and take the trash down, that one land into the garbage can. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't understand why nobody else is going to open me. <laughs> so I'm mm-hmm. like, like, why am I waking up at 7.30 to catch this trash man when well, either my son sitting on the couch on his iPad, my daughter's over here on the computer, and she over there on her laptop sleep so why ain't nobody think take this trash out y'all don't hear that big ass garbage truck out back <laughs> we, need to, we need to get this trash out otherwise <laughs> the can gonna be full for the next couple of days and don't let it be friday if it's friday the cans is gonna be full and i haven't figured out why we make so much trash in my house it's i, I i'm barely here so i don't really understand like it's mostly them making the trash so i'm like at least y'all can do is at least take out the trash before the garbage man come on Friday because we're not going to see him again until Monday.
1: You make the I trash, wake take up the like, trash.
2: <laughs> and, and I, I'm sure you've run into that one. Like one when you walk in the door and the trash can is literally like this trash falling out the can and they will beat on you to come and take care of it. <laughs> like, yeah. sorry to, and they literally, like as I walk in the door, like one of them be like, hi, dad, or something right on top of the trash can trying to balance it. So take take that bag out and take the trash out. It's been like this all day. That's how y'all feel. So I yeah. literally, I literally
1: went to bed and it was an empty trash can, and I woke up to its full tail. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sitting there, like, what the hell? Just getting up in the middle of the night, throwing shit in that trash can. I literally had that. <laughs> like oh, we you ain't know.
2: It? it's just like last time we talked about it that's <laughs> your wife probably i was like you know what i'm about to go clean at the refrigerator but she yeah. couldn't wake you up you just stayed asleep <laughs> <laughs> so stay <laughs> with me. well fine i'll go do it and leave that trash to you in the morning you know you know what gets so, me about it I though bet.
1: it's the it's the obviousness of it like it, it's the it's the yes i i know i got to close the door I mean I'm not just gonna I'm not just gonna whoosh door go wide open. That's just, that's just all come in. I mean I'm gonna close it when I can close it. And if you see me like struggling with 20 bats wrapped around my wrist trying to drag them out the door. You know, I mean, maybe I have some, just have a little <laughs> I'm
0: in a little better situation. Uh for uh, the most part, actually, both my wife and I will take out the trash. Whoever sees that full trash bag hanging off the knob when we leave out, we'll go ahead and grab it and throw it in the garbage. That's not a problem. Ooh, that must but be the, nice. It, it, is nice. <laughs> it is nice. It is nice. It is nice. And we're always very appreciative towards each other when we throw out the trash. So, you know, she's done I'll be like, hey, thank you, dear. I appreciate you doing that. And if I'm the one who's done it, she'll be like, oh, thank you. Oh, cool. uh, I, I'm glad the trash isn't here anymore. So I that, <laughs> <laughs>
2: that,
0: that part of it works very well. But the difference is that when Samantha sees the full trash bag there, she'll just pick up the bag and just go out and just dump it. Whereas if I'm taking out the trash, then I want all the loose trash out the house. So I'll take the bag and then I'll do a quick walkthrough and pick up some around the crib to make sure that hey, all the trash that's in the crib is gonna go out all in one sweep. So she'll take it out, and they'll be like, you know, full garbage in the bathroom and stuff like that. And I'm, and I'll be thinking to myself, I, I won't say anything because I know that's gonna go nowhere. Mm-hmm. But I'll just be thinking to myself, why, why did, why didn't you take this with you when, when, when you went? But I've just learned, you know, we all we all do things differently. And I'm go. I'm usually going to make that extra step. She wants. Oh no! Okay.
1: See, I'm, okay. I'm the opposite. All that trash <laughs> need to be in one place when I'm ready to take it out. Now you want it out. <laughs> you better pull that trash from feels. upstairs and bring it on over there. I'm not going to eight different places <laughs> to get trash. You know, I'm, I'm gonna just take what's right there. I'm taking it out. You know, or else I'm gonna keep that door open longer. <laughs> We'll open that door. (laughs) Wow.
0: Wow, wow, wow. So, um, for me, it's been interesting. I guess the subject is going to just keep coming up. So, my daughter is in what her third, maybe fourth week of school. And I absolutely love this daycare center, it's been absolutely awesome. Uh, And one of the main reasons that it's awesome is because they have an app, you know, with this whole social distancing thing, they needed to add some technology to keep as little contact as possible. So they have a check-in and check-out app and things of that nature. And they use this app to tell me when my uh, daughter has taken a potty, what they fed her, for that day like basically give me all the day-to-day rundown right which is actually kind of cool but what i really really love about it is they will they take uh uh pictures and video of my daughter um during the day while she's there so it's not a ton it's not like 20 pictures at the end of the day or anything like that but if they see like special moments that they feel like me and samantha might want to see and would enjoy they'll go ahead, take a picture and put it on the app. And then we can look at it and decide if we want to download it to to our phone. So um, the past um, couple of weeks, they've had little dance sessions where they've had the kids, you know, jumping around and dancing and all that. And Simone has been absolutely loving it. So now we have, you know, a video of her doing these types of things. And for us, it's really cool because, you know, of course, we're used to having Simone here every day. But we don't have very many opportunities to have Simone interacting with other young kids, you know, especially with COVID. She, we haven't really had that opportunity to let all the kids kind of be together and see how she interacts with them. So to have that live video confirmation of mm-hmm. she is getting along with them. They do seem to like her. She is able to, you know, uh, adjust to being out uh, um, amongst people without any real issues. That's been a huge, huge comfort um, for both of us. us. And then just to see her continue to grow and develop and flex social muscles that she hasn't had to before. It's just awesome. And we can already see even when she comes back home, um, she's getting more responsive. She's learning more phrases. There's slowly but surely a little bit more back and forth and not her just being, just repeating what's been told to her. So I don't know. It's just all awesome to me. I I really, really love the entire process of being a father and being a part of our life. And so being able to witness more of that and, and have more of that available it
2: just works for me. So, <laughs> so <laughs> what is it, Jason? I, I was just going to say, man, I'm going to need the address to the daycare center because I'm going to post up how I'm going to post out in front of something. Because <laughs> it's been so many, it's, it's been so long since I've been able to see Siobhan. It's about a mm-hmm. little Suzy Q. The way you describe and knowing who her parents are, knowing your mindset and Sam's mindset, I think she running drugs out that daycare center. She probably won't. <laughs> <drugs out> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, She's she out there making moves. That's what she doing. She's cutting keys, son. You know what's
0: funny? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, So the teachers, if they have like, they'll, they'll send you special compliments through the app if they feel like your kid has done something really awesome. And a cou- couple of days ago, one of the teachers was like, you know, Simone always seems seems to have already figured out what our schedule is for doing things, and she moves on to the next part of the day before she's asked to. Like she mm-hmm. just she just knows how this all is supposed to work mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and makes it really smooth mm-hmm. for us to get her from one place to another. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love it. She's already adapted and mapping things out, so huh. This is how this operation runs. <laughs> yeah, that's
2: how you know too. She the one came up with the whole app situation. Right, uh, we need to send something cute to my mom and daddy so they don't get no idea <laughs> 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 what I got going on here. What I'm saying, but make sure we stay on this peak schedule so we get right. to enjoy time and make this money.
0: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, a, absolutely, that
1: sounds like a nice way of them saying that she bossing them around is what it sounds like. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know? (laughs) telling them what to do. You know?
0: I have no doubt. I have no doubt. They said she's really, really chill until about 4 o'clock. We have to pick her up um, at any time before 6. They said by around 4, she starts looking around and asking where her daddy and mommy is. Mm -hmm. But They're like from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. She's cool. Cool as a cucumber. There's no problems. So... I'm just really happy. I know this could have went a completely different way. So to see it for the most part seem like a positive phase for her. I'm I'm really happy about that. And of course, then you just move on to the next thing that you worry about. And so now I'm worried about what happens when we have to pull her up out of here and take her Mm -hmm. to a a real regular school. (laughs) Out, Out in the jungle. So we'll see how that is. It'll take yeah, a minute. Man.
2: She'll be running the joint too. Yeah, right. She just got to get. She just got to get to know her customers a little bit better. She, <laughs> to she, to she gonna have a couple of them try to go for the go for the head from time to time. You know how they like to come for the boss. She gonna take care of it. Don't worry about it.
0: Wow.
1: You know, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm looking def- forward to it. I'm definitely happy that she's using more phrases and and interacting. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. You know, because you know, I, I I got I got kind of the opposite going on here with my youngest. So you know, it, it's uh, well, well, you know, you know, the worst thing is to know you have a child right there who can use words, who knows the words, and you've heard them say the words, and now they refuse to use the words. So instead of like, like mm-hmm. instead of telling me that she's ready to eat. She just gonna do this shriek, yell at me to to get my attention and tell me I better get some food going and shovel it in. Mouth. And, you know, I just don't appreciate that kind of activity going on in my house. You know, today she decided that she wasn't going to let us know that, that she did a boo boo, a boom boom and a diapy. And we had to and, and we walking around sniffing the air like what the, what the hell going on? Did you? Is that you? <laughs> and we like, we like, you just weren't gonna tell us, huh? You just gonna let us blame each other. <laughs> we, hey. we, we blaming each other. We blaming the oldest. Say excuse me, next time. You know, we do all that. Oh <laughs> you, you, you. you know, like, come on that, you know, so I'm, I'm hoping, like I see it, like I see that she know the words and, she, and she'll and she use them when she got to, mm-hmm. probably if she somewhere else, like if, if she were to go to grandma's house, I bet you she used those words. But over here, nope, nope. I say, can you, can you say why why? She say, adoy-doy-doy, adoy-doy-doy. I'm like, come on now. <laughs> you, you know why, why you know ee, ee. You know all of that. Why Why you got to do this? And she'll look at me and just start busting up laughing. Do it, do it, do it. I'll be like, on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> how you going to treat me the nice. next six months, I bet. So.
2: <laughs> <laughs> She's like, "Yeah, hey, you thought I was going to say something real cute, didn't you, daddy? Thought I was going to repeat what you said, didn't you? No, no. no I say what I want to say. I do what I want to do not going go down about, like that. You want to know about Boom Boom? Just sniff this app. You will not know what's up. Probably do it since they look at you, wait for it, like. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's yep. me. <laughs> you do. Yeah. <laughs> just like our daddy, Jack. <laughs> <Yeah>. That's awesome. <laughs> that's Bill Hudson over there, Jack, with some bohem. That's all that is. <laughs>
0: What about what about uh, you, Jason? How's your week been? Uh,
2: the week's have been slow and steady. Born is all hell. Uh, two weeks ago, I uh I realized I don't I don't want to take my kids to the doctor anymore. Not that I don't I don't want to be like uh, you know like I don't want to be one of the fathers that don't get the kids the injections. I say get them all through them, get them all through them right now. So I ain't gonna come back here for a while. So. Jada and Junior had a, you know, Jada had her little six-year-old or six-year, sixth school, sixth grade uh, shots and stuff. We had to get them now because of the COVID, obviously, and everything's all packed up. And Junior had to get a flu shot and some other stuff. Wasn't a whole lot. So they went in. uh, They went in and saw uh, the doctor, the pediatrician and stuff. And, you know, we've been seeing this lady since Jada was – Actually, since Junior was born, we have been we picked this lady. And she has a real good rapport with the kids and stuff. She knows them. They know her. And uh, this particular time, her mother, her mother went uh, to the doctor with us. So I had the opportunity to sit out in the waiting room while she went back and handled things. But when it came down to the nitty gritty, when it came time for shots, her mama come running out the back room talking about, so you need to go in there with your kids. Like for real? <laughs> like <laughs> Yo kids.
0: <laughs>
2: <right>? <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know where they at. Oh, just go through that door, go to the first room on the right. I'm like, okay, that's all right. I guess this is my job. So I gotta sit in here and I gotta watch my kids and they and they stare at me every time it happens. So this is just my deal. So I get back in this back room and Jaden and Junior sit back there. They're like, Yeah, they're about to come in and give us our shots. I was like, right, what's the doctor tell you? But by the doctor basically said they fat. So, you know, they get it honest. They, they need to stop eating as much and Corona and that stuff all messed up. So we had to get them a little more active and stuff like that. So I say, okay, that's fine. That sounds about right. Then We got to make appointments with nutritionists and all this other good stuff. So the nurse comes in with uh, the shots. So Jada's got to get five. Mm. Yeah, you take five of them to the head. That ain't a problem. Jada cool. And what was tripped out was is the nurse. The nurse was I, I call her gangster because she was she was real tripped out. So the first three shots, Jada got you know they was real cool and she hit an arm. She barely even noticed they happened. But as she came out with, uh, I think it was either it was a flu shot and then I think she had to get a tetanus shot. And you know the tetanus shots is the ones that stick in your arm for a while. So this lady, she, the first three needles she pulled out and they gave her these shots and whatnot, they were a little small little needles, a little quick prick. But these last two, I swear to God, I thought this lady pulled a couple swords out of her pocket or something like that. I'm like, why does not you get so a <laughs> oh But Jaden didn't see him when she pulled them out. And I'm looking right at him like, ooh, this going to be ugly. <laughs> so just as the lady got halfway into her arm with one of these long ass needles she was like oh yeah just to let you know these next two ain't gonna feel real good but she was already in her arm <laughs> <laughs>
0: like, oh my god <laughs> what kind of bedside man is that
2: <laughs> the lady was just trying to get stuff over when she get off by the bend like she had like, eight more kids she had to shoot up something. So I swear to God, he hit Jada. Oh, he hit Jada's shoulder and just kept going. I was like, "Wow!" And even Jada kind to of sat up, like, hmm? <laughs> so she Damn. got up to, She looked at her shoulder. She looked at me. She looked at the lady. And it was just like, "Am I done?" <laughs> Goddamn, he sat next to me, and then it then then it then it came to Junior's turn.
0: <laughs> and he. And he squared up. He showed how a man does it. <laughs> he showed our grin to termination.
2: Mentioned me proudly was a Johnson. <laughs> that's not about my son. And, and I blame this on myself. I work six days a week, and I'm only off one day. I don't get to spend a whole lot of time with my son, unfortunately. And I leave him here with two women. <laughs> So, and and it shows. <laughs> <laughs> some of the stuff is just starting to grasp onto him, and I really don't like it. I'm going to have to quit one of these jobs. Me and my son are going to have to go do something. We got to go to a football game. We got to go to a boxing match or something. He got to watch some wrestling. I don't know what I'm going to do. Maybe take him with you to the rage, let him watch you shoot for a little while. I going this <laughs> has <laughs> to so he gets up on this table, and the lady's like, all right, he's got he's got two shots he's got to get. And before, so she's trying to get him to lift up his arm, and he's steady squirming. Like, ah, can we, I, I, so what you got to do? And the lady, like, she showed him the needles, and the needles was real small. And she's like, you're not even going to know I'm going to do it. So she, she, she did something to make the boy look one other way, and she hit him real quick. And he turned back around, like, all right, so you going to give me the shots? She's like, shit, I'm done. He's like, oh, he says, oh, no, okay, well, that wasn't nothing. So he was real tough, right? That wasn't nothing, Dad. <laughs> uh, but the problem is now we got to go up to upstairs because both of them have to get blood drawn. Ooh, right. Ooh. <laughs> so we walk on upstairs. they like, we, we can bring go home. Dad, I'm like, no, oh, so we got to go up because they got to draw some <laughs> of your blood. And his reaction to it was, I. You'd think I would have told him they got to cut his arm off to get the blood out of him or something. Because he got this real big look of concern in his eyes. Like, oh, my God, what? (laughs) It's going to be all right, son. So we go upstairs. upstairs. I check him in. We sitting outside on this little bench. It's another little kid, and he getting his blood drawn. He couldn't have been no more than maybe about one, two years old. Shorty was in there losing his mind. You would have thought they was actually cutting him open. <laughs> so at, and Julia sitting there listening to him the whole time, just crying. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, damn! I- <laughs> 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 and I know Jordan would have been up there. I feel like Look, we'll just come back or something. Like, see, just- <laughs> <laughs> so he- God, They, I don't know what they did, but they had him in there for about ten minutes, and he screamed the whole time. Wow. So I'm like, okay, I'm sitting here trying to comfort my son. Like, don't trip, son. It's just a little baby in there. That's why he's so upset. It's going to be all right. His sister trying to calm him down, and he is unconsolable. Here mm-hmm. they come. Uh, Jason and Jada call us right in. That boy got up off the chair like he was about to go to the executioner's chair or something like that. <laughs> we walk in. Now, Jada walked on in. She go on in. They pulled the a little curtain. All I see is a. Jada get nervous and when like, She starts kicking her feet when she sits in chairs. So as we walk by, I see her feet kind of kicking, but she cool. I, I ain't got to worry about her. Jada all good. I get my son into this room with his nurse. First of all, he's he scared to even sit in the chair. Like, I, I what are we doing here? What am I doing? This is what he's saying. His exact words. I don't. I I don't want to be here. I don't. I don't think. I don't want to be here. I don't understand what's happening. And I'm like, what the hell is yeah. so the nurse steady talking to him like, look, I'm not even doing nothing to you. I'm going to tell you know what's going on. We're going to go through it. He's like, okay, so we're going to sit here and we're going to talk for a little bit. And he's like, yeah, yeah, we'll do that. All the while, he's like rolling up his sleeve. And all he he keeps he, he losing it every time he touches it. Every time he touches him. Didn't even show him what he was she was gonna put in it yet. So I'm sitting, I'm sitting, trying to calm him down. I'm like, "Junior, just look at me, just look me in my eyes. Don't worry about." He can't stop focusing on what this lady doing. He looking at his arm. he looking at her. What you gonna do? What's about to happen? We sat there for about five, ten minutes. and He just got to yelling and screaming. I just want to talk. I just want to talk. I don't understand. What like, <laughs> I said, "Oh my god." <laughs> <laughs> like, We've been, we been talking for 10 minutes, son. We've got to get over it over with. After 10 minutes, another nurse came out of nowhere and was like, sir, I need you to move. And I'm like, "What was what's about to happen? Uh, and we do this every day. Let me take care of this. Baby lady walked in, sat on Julian, grabbed his arm, while the other lady put the needle in his arm. Yeah. He got the needle in his arm. He stopped looking at it because he was fighting the whole time. My son is very strong. He tripped me out. I can't <laughs> he got the thing in his arm. He stopped. And he looked at it. It obviously didn't hurt because she just stopped to look and was like, "Oh, that's it." Oh, okay. I'm, I'm calming. His exact words were, "Okay, I'm calming down now. I'm calming down." Why take <laughs> <Yo!
0: laughs>
2: This baby, like she like see. Is that she's, that's all you're going to do? Yeah. She took one file of this little nigga's blood. And that was it. Then about 18 stickers. <laughs> he sat there wanted to talk. afterwards <laughs> like, these people don't want to talk to you no more. Bring your ass up. just put these people through. Him. Oh, my God. Yo. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to go back to the doctor anymore.
1: First off, I'm, I'm mad. I'm mad that it. it he walked in there. And he was like, wait a minute. What's going on? I, there's this chair here. I don't understand where what she's doing <laughs> here, what's happening. I don't. What What is this chair doing here? I just want to talk. <laughs> okay? We cool. I just want to talk. <laughs> hey, we can we talk for a minute?
2: That's all he kept saying. I'm like, really, we're not talking no more. Come on, get this needle. Let's go. I'm ready to go home. I'm tired. I'm hungry.
1: Oh, wow. What a guy, man. Oh, oh wow. Wow. Yeah, I got to say, though, I got to say, dog. though, if I was your kid, and I guess they didn't see your reaction. Like, if I was your kid and I saw your reaction to those two yeah. long needles they took out, <laughs> all about some, whoa. <laughs> I'd like, why well, is my dad looking like whoa. <laughs> that? Whoa. That would have got me.
2: I guess. That <laughs> Well, Dana was trying to be cool. She was looking off at some pictures or something when she hit it with the first three. She's like, yeah, I got this, this ain't nothing. And that second one went in, and that's when she's like, yeah, these two are hurt. I'm like, lady, you already in the arm. <laughs> <laughs> it's too late. It's He's too late to prepare. to prepare. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I say, Ooh, I'm glad I didn't get their
1: shots today Ooh, Sometimes I the can time may be a little off the Because they do that to me all the time Whenever I, the, the last few times I've had shots They're they talking about you're going to feel a slight pinch But they, they already got the needle in there So I'm sitting there like that's how y'all doing it <laughs> I mean, they do that all the time now
2: they just, they just had never done it to her before. I think it caught her a little... Well, it caught her way off guard because, like I say, she was already in her arm by the time the lady started talking. And then she hit her with that second one. Like she leaned in with that net needle, Jack. I'm like, damn, did you have to drive it in her arm like that? <laughs> 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 what y'all trying to get this shit down
0: to the bone. That is rough. How big? See, for me, I hate shots. And needles make me... Uh, I, I, I hate needles in general. <laughs> Mm -hmm. But I've learned over time that when it comes to getting shots, I'm not really worried about the needle so much as the nurse, like the quality of the nurse is what (laughs) really determines how bad this is going to be. If you get one of them old, old ladies who's been doing this for like 40 years, it's nothing because they they don't want to be there either. So they know how to just do-do and and, and wipe you up and send you on your way. But you get some of them youngins who's fresh, especially me being a fat man half the time they can't even find my veins. Like that that's what's truly the worst. When they think they found a vein, poke it, find out they have it pull out and like, oh, I got to, I got to search some more. It's somewhere in here. It's somewhere in here. And then now I'm questioning your whole competency level. So on top of already not wanting to get stuck in the first place. Now, I don't even believe you're fully qualified to do this job with somebody like me. All right. So when I, when I walk in there for a shot, the older, the better, as far as I'm concerned. I want one of them that can barely walk, who look like she about to retire in six months. All right?
1: <laughs> oh, missed. Oh, missed. Oh, don't know what I pulled out there. That yeah, wasn't blood. Yeah. No. No.
0: No. No. Don't do that to me. Don't do that to me. All right? I want her to slowly shuffle onto a seat. And then she look at me with that look of halfway impatient, you know. Then you know the old black women; they ain't got no time to waste. So They look at like, "Yo, we gonna go ahead and get this done." Yes, ma'am. No problem. Let's let's do it. All right, done like that, and then you up out of there. That that's what I want.
1: It's bogus when you gotta 100%. lead a hospital, 100%. you gotta lead a doctor, and you got traps in your arm. That's that's bogus. Look like you look like you addicted you, to heroin. Come on now,
0: nah. I'm not feeling it. Hey, I'm how not big? My when how it big was that mother. second
1: nurse? How big was that second nurse? Because she sound tough. She just told you, you sir, you got to step aside. I mean, what? <laughs> she wasn't that big at all. She wasn't that big at all? And she, you know,
2: she didn't dealt with enough kids like you. She like, all right, I know exactly what to do. He sat right on that boy' lap, grabbed his arm, and it was over with at that. She like just hold on. He said, come on. I guess you want to talk. Oh, that's it?
1: <laughs> right, I'm
2: popping down now. Who is this kid? <laughs> <I'm down now. laughs> Believe me out of the water. I say all right. Because I got on out the way for the lady said move. I'm like, oh, see? I was talking nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I got right on out the way. Like, all right, son. I'll see you in a minute. <laughs> now you got to deal with Betsy and her partner.
1: <laughs> for a brief second, he felt so abandoned. For a brief second, he felt like, Boy. I can't believe this. <laughs> hey, right. That,
2: that's one of the ones I was fired for on the field that way. Eh? See, I tried to walk you through it. Now I'm going over here. And me and Jaden standing outside the booth looking at him like, Jaden's sitting there with our arm, man. That's messed up. Like, yeah, dude, you could have went in there and your brother. She's like, no. I got mine. Go get yours.
0: Hey! Awesome, awesome. All right, brothers. I appreciate you all uh, sharing your day. I'm hearing an echo or something in the background. Do you all hear that? Ah, that's on your side. Okay, cool. Yeah, Thank it, you, sir. No problem. No problem, brother. <laughs> we try to do a show over here, Cynthia. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> All right, moving on uh, to our main topic, Biden is officially our new president, technically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and of course, Trump has not agreed to concede up to this point, and he's been telling anybody and everybody who will listen that he somehow won the election and that there is fraud resulting in hundreds of thousands of <laughs> actually millions of fraudulent votes that have been put in around the country. And it is all insanity. But we have a third of the country and the vast majority of Republicans who are currently in office not treating it like insanity, which actually makes this kind of serious, to be honest with you all, because we are in uncharted territories. I don't care How far back in American history you go, I don't care how horrible the president was when they lost and it came time to concede that we went on ahead and did it. This is the first time ever that we've had a president try to use their cult of personality and the following that it has gathered to try to basically illegally take the presidency. Um, Up to this point, you know, Forget not calling. Trump has not released the millions of dollars in transition funds that the Biden team is supposed to receive in order to begin that process of trying to get his new staff and everything set up and ready so that there is a smooth transition uh, come January. In fact, I believe it was announced today that he's supposed to be working on a budget for next year. That so that he can announce it as if he's still the president, it is all just insanity. It's all complete insanity. And the cherry on top for me has to be the, uh, what is he, the Secretary, uh, Secretary of Defense, Mike Pompeo. He was asked during a recent international conference whether or not what Trump's doing would impact his team's ability to transition to Biden's administration When everything turns over. And without missing a beat, there was no hesitation. He didn't think about it. He looked dead at this man and immediately said, No, of course not. This is going to have no impact on our ability to do a transition. We will be fully ready to transition into Trump's second administration whenever the president is ready. Like, it's just, it's just no acknowledgement whatsoever on their side that this man Mm -hmm. is lost. They are all living in a reality where he is the real president. And so uh, I I guess my first question is, um, do either of you believe that Trump is ever actually going to concede the presidency, or is the military going to end up dragging his ass literally out of the White House? Hudson, how do you feel about it?
1: Well, I mean, I think we got to first realize that, that, you know, he thought he was going to win. He actually thought he was going to win. And, and, and part of the reason I think that is because I think if he thought he was actually going to lose, he was going to push up that Pfizer announcement and he was going to try to use that in his campaign. He was going to – for anybody who doesn't know, Pfizer announced that they have a 90% effective – Uh, vaccine or whatever that they still have to do some more testing observations on but um, there's they're gloating at about 90% rate I think had Trump thought he was going to to lose he would have pushed that announcement forward and he would have made it as part of his you know I did the fast track thing and all of that so he didn't think he was going to lose which only added fuel to his fire that he's been putting out for, for the past four years he, he damn near said since day one of his of his presidency that they were going to rid the election against him for his second term. He ba- he basically started setting that in motion and, and he put people in key places because uh, a little thing it's not it's not the president who releases the funds. I forgot what office it is, but it's an office where of course, he, he put in the person in charge of that particular department that would release those funds. And so he put a loyalist mm-hmm. there who is, who is saying they're not releasing funds, you know, uh, right now for this. And, and, and there was an article about what he did with key positions in the Pentagon, which raised some alarms. Look, you know, at the end of the day, he's going to stay there. Until, the absolute, until he's absolutely told, okay, it's time to go. You've played this game long enough. It's time for you to get out. Now, they're going to – it's going to be awkward because they're, they're not going to want to have to drag him out kicking and screaming per se. They're not going to want to have to take, take military or, or whoever they would take to do it to actually escort him out of the building. They're not going to want to do that. Make a
0: martyr of them.
1: Right. Um, And at the end of the day, the White House is a building. It's a building. (laughs) Biden can certainly do do his job from anywhere else of a number of different places. Um, It just so happens that the White House tends to be, of course, probably the most secure place to do the business. So, I mean, it would kind of suck in that regard. But... You know he he might try to hold it hostage, but at the end of the day, what's going to happen is his people are going to be gone. Biden's going to put his people in place for for his administration, and just uh, what you're going to see first is is Trump's people being escorted out of the building first as a warning to Trump: Hey, it's time for you to go because we're we're taking your people out of place right now. So if you don't want to be led out. on the six o'clock news then (laughs) you 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 better get on out of here because the writing's on the wall so i think he's gonna find out that you know what he might be under the illusion of is that he's got these loyalists to a point that they're gonna go to jail for him or that they're going to martyr themselves for him or something and and those aren't the type of loyalists he has because they don't have that kind of they don't have that kind of stuff in their blood to be that kind of person like they have no loyalty to anything really you know they just want to they just want to buck a system and feel important so he thinks he's got all this backup he might even think the proud boys are going to come to the white house on his last day to make sure that that no one tries to escort him out but they're not no one's coming up there to help him no one's going to do anything at the end of the day they're 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 going they're Time's up. Biden's the president now. Well, yeah, we were loyal to you. Now we are loyal to this one. He, he is now the president. So we have to do what he says. And that's pretty much how it's going to be. Hmm. Jason, how do you feel?
2: Well, my biggest concern is just what are the ramifications or what are the results of doing what he's doing is going to be in future elections, period. Uh, right now you're basically questioning Americans on who they decided to choose to be their president. And you throwing this hissy fit and, and all the all these lawsuits and everything else is gonna at the end of the day is basically gonna cost people money. Now, I don't know if that's gonna come out of his pocket. Well from what I keep seeing, which is why I keep talking about I keep getting these weird emails all the time. I see these little emails coming out from Trump and what I did basically asking people to donate lawsuits for these damn for the, for these lawsuits that don't make no damn sense that you can't seem to actually you you can't seem to actually sit down and say well this is why we're doing it. and once that reason gets thrown out you come with a whole different one and here comes another different one when that one gets thrown out either the dudes were standing too far away or they weren't in the room or they were padlocked in the closet somebody beat them up and drug them out back. Well, what the hell happened, dude? I'm sorry. What you keep telling me is that that the whole basis behind these lawsuits is is that your people weren't in the room while they were counting ballots. Kind of sounds like to me, you got the wrong motherfuckers in the room in the first place. Because the big dumbasses wasn't smart enough to be close enough to the ballots. Or maybe even that's why you set it up. Maybe that's how you set it up. You told your people to fuck around, hey, just back about the room and pretend like they're keeping you out. I don't know. It could be a whole slew of different things and whatever, but it basically breaks down like, I think it was a judge in Pennsylvania that was like, you know, hey, were your people in the room? And basically they had no, I think it was the, the statement, was. it was something that was very fucking stupid. And we had zero amounts of people something, it was something real dumb. And, and and a lawyer said that to a judge. And he's like, was anybody in the fucking room? It's like, yeah, they were in the room. Well, what's the problem? Well, oh, they were twenty five feet away. We're moving fucking closer. <laughs> like it's like I don't. All I, I I I just worry about ramifications on this when it comes to future elections, on how the whole procedure is going to be, and where it's going to go with this. Like I don't. I don't see this dude just doing anything just because. You know whether however frivolous it is, every move he's made has been for a reason. Plain and simple, especially when he's done things like this that he's planned so far ahead to sow these seeds of doubt in order to put in. It it might even get to the point where we realize it might even about him getting back into the office. I don't know what this is, but I haven't paid any attention. Is it doing something to the stock market? Has it made his business grow somehow? Everything this man has done and every decision that he's made since he's been
0: elected has been something for him. I can, I can tell you exactly what he's doing. He is ensuring, without a shadow of a doubt, that he's going to be able to run in 2024. He is ensuring that he's not going to just fade away and and be forgotten. Because at the end of the day, his supporters are going to treat him like a martyr for four years straight. That's, that's just the way it's going to be. of Republicans voted for this man. There are no moderate Republicans who had an issue with the way he's been conducting themselves. Republicans in general have decided this is our guy. I happen to know multiple black male conservatives who voted for Trump. Mm -hmm. And you can have a situation where a politician on TV is doing something crazy And his surrogates who are on TV will make a bunch of excuses about it. But if you talk to the people who voted for this man on the ground, they'll be like, I don't necessarily, you know, regret my vote, but what I'm seeing is absolutely insane. You know, they'll be able to call something out as crazy and say, I don't agree with what I'm seeing. That's not what I'm hearing from these Trump supporters right now. Mm -hmm. Like, even the ones who actually do believe that he lost this election fairly and squarely, they're not repulsed at seeing him basically try to steal it. If anything, it's making them giddy. They're like, whoa, maybe he can still gangster his way into the White House even though he didn't actually win the vote. So I'll be honest. You know, I think I agree with you wholeheartedly that this is extremely dangerous. Uh, It's not going away at all. And in 2024, we're going to have to do this whole merry-go-round again. Because I'd venture to say Trump will prop uh, unless Democrats do the things that they really need to do over the next four years, which is in question, and we can talk about that a little bit later on, it, 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 if that type of pushback doesn't happen, I feel like he'll come back to 20, in 2024 even stronger. Because he's gonna spend these next four years being a martyr, telling anybody who will listen that he'll, he was cheated, he's gonna be rallying around the country And that whole time, Biden is going to be doing the type of things, hopefully, that this third of the country did not want to see happen, throwing even more fuel on the fire. So this is just, (coughs) this is not going away anytime soon. And I don't see it as something small, especially when you have the news that came out today that apparently the Secretary of State, who is a Republican, has called for a full recount of all Georgia votes. For those people who don't know, it's somewhere in the range of 5 million. 5 million votes that they are now going to recount by hand. All because Trump has decided that somewhere, somehow he's been cheated. Mind you, he has not provided any evidence that he's been cheated. None. None. So they are basically doing this because he feels slighted. And, and Georgia has to pay for this to be done. Mm-hmm. Trump's not paying for it. Like, that is it's baffling and it's scary. And I don't know. I don't I don't think I agree with you, Hudson, when you say like. These people aren't as loyal to Trump as he thinks they are, because at the end of the day, I feel like this entire country has decided the Republican Party is Trump's party. And it's been proven time and time again, Republicans who stand up against Trump lose their power almost immediately, almost immediately. Those Republicans who stood up against Trump during the primaries, those never Trumpers, none of those guys survived. Except John McCain and he died. Like the rest of them, they either they either lost or like Flake and the rest of them, or they got in line like Lindsey Graham. And I don't think that is just because he stops being president, because at the end of the day, he's still rich. He's still that symbol of white supremacy. He could still go to any rally across the country and get thousands of people who are going to want to come out and see him. Mm. So I don't know. I don't see an end. In I
1: don't every, see an end. What are you going to say? In every great story, there's a villain. I mean, there, there well, <laughs> You have no story without a villain. You have no story without an antagonist. So you know the, you know, Trump getting in in twenty twenty four. Okay. You know, it's it's I'm not saying like that's a good thing, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, there's stuff that the Democratic Party needs to do. There's stuff that the Republican Party needs to do. You know, at the end of the day, we got two bickering sides and they were bickering before Trump and they will bicker this for this four year term with Biden and they will bicker long after unless unless. We people really start to get down to the nitty gritty and see that you know it, it's that that's the problem. You know that we that we, you know with we, all the great minds in this country, we can figure out things that that could work economy wise for for most people in this country. Heck, we have you know it, it, we, we 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 could figure out all these things that ail us. We could figure out homelessness. We could figure out the the uh we can figure out the uh, uh, shoot. Um, yeah, What's it called? Um, <laughs> the environment. We can figure all of that out.
0: Poverty. Oh.
1: Poverty. We can figure <laughs> out poverty. I mean, we can figure all these things out. You know, but but here's what we don't get if 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 Trump doesn't keep battling. Right? We we don't get we don't get the Democratic Party to to step up. If there is no Trump, there will be no Democratic Party stepping up and trying to step their game up, right? It, it, it just won't happen. They're going to stay just like they are and stay conservative like they are, you know, just a little bit less conservative than the Republican Party. You know, we're not going to see AOC rise. We're not going to see anyone like Bernie Sanders come along and, and go a little bit farther left with things. It, it's not going to happen. Until, until we settle in and figure out that, hey, there, there's, there's villains in this world and they need to be defeated, you know? Well, isn't that what the Avengers movie was all about? The first Avengers movie? Hey, we, we, now the world sees mm-hmm. that we got these, these super villains and that we need a team like this <laughs> to help take them out when that happens, mm-hmm. right? And they mm-hmm. will be there. So, so when we talk about worry, Uh, No, I'm not. I'm not really worried. You know, at the at the end of the day, this is almost what's got to happen in order for us to finally get to where we need to get.
0: Yeah, I can see that, Um, that you make a great point, make great point. So actually, that brings me into my next question about what are the kind of things Democrats should be pushing over the next four years? What I've seen a lot on TV and social media is moderate um, centrist Democrats basically saying that they feel like defund the police hurt the the Democrats, that there would have been a blue wave. They would have taken more House seats. They would have taken um, the Senate, clearly, without it coming down to this nail biter. If the GOP was not able to release all of those ads, basically linking Democrats to defund the police... And therefore, linking them in the minds of some voters with policies that could potentially destroy the police department in their local districts. You know, from the minds of people who don't really understand what Defund the Police is about. So, ALC has pushed back strongly on this and said that, uh, you know, first and foremost, the Democratic Party didn't come up with Defund the Police. Defund the police was created by Black activists in response to police brutality, and therefore they don't have the control to be able to say, well, change the name to something different. Activists should not be at the mercy of politicians. Politicians should be able to figure out messaging that makes it clear what they're about. But there are other people who are essentially saying that defund the police and hard leftist policies in general are making the Democratic Party look bad and making it much harder for them to draw together the type of coalition they need to win races. And so I was curious, did either one of you have an opinion on that? Um, I'll start with you, Hudson. Do you feel like the defund the police movement hurt the Democratic Party?
1: Yes. And, and the reason it did is because they don't they don't take a real stand. They don't take a real stand <clears throat> one way or another, most of them. You know, a lot of them try to end up avoiding the question. You know, it, it's, it's what is your stance on it? And then, and then for me, it's OK. You, you, know, you know what you're getting when you're with me. And you know what you're not getting if you go the other way. So, so they have to take a stand on it. It's an issue. It is an important issue. And to, to, to basically kind of avoid it, which a lot of Democrats did, You know, and Republicans, too, but they avoid it in in a in a in a better way for them to get elected by pointing the finger. You know, they they avoid it by pointing the finger. Democrats with their I'm going to try to take the high road, just kind of avoid it. Um, They have to take a stand. Do they agree with it or don't they agree with it? You know, just because you're Democrat doesn't mean you agree with defund the police. You know, Biden Biden said that he didn't agree with defund the police. I don't know if he took a different stance later, but he basically said he didn't agree with defunding the police. You know, so, you know, at the end of the day, though, what do you mean by defund the police? And this is what we've talked about over and over again is that Republicans know how to market and (laughs) Democrats don't, you know, come up with a true plan of what defund the police means. You know, and you have to come up with a few different plans because what works in a big city like Chicago isn't going to work in a smaller city like St. Louis. So, you know, while there could be similarities in the plan, maybe it's a a three-tier plan or a four-tier plan based on what tier your city is considered to be. So... You know, uh, it, is it a step plan where it's going to start in certain cities and move on? But there's no plan out there, but what activists say that they think the plan is. And activists are very vague with it. <laughs> it's just defund them. What does that mean? <laughs> you know, here I got this sign, you know, and that's it. I mean, so no one knows what that means. And I can't blame people for not being scared to to vote a certain way you know if if you know now now people should be smart enough to realize that hey you know just because republicans are pointing a finger that that should tell you right there they're avoiding the issue too so both parties are avoiding the issue so you know they people should be kind of smart enough to realize you're not getting any better just because. But, yeah, I, did, I do think it hurt their campaigns. Um, I think the people who, who took a stance on it, I think they came out better. And I, and, I think, uh, and I think a lot of them won their races. So, you know, at the end of the day, if it's an issue, you need, to, you need to speak on it. Period. Point blank. If you don't, you can't blame anybody but yourself for losing the election because of it.
0: Jason, how do you feel?
2: I kind of feel the same way. Uh, I mean, just in the, in regards to vagueness and the, the no priority anybody decided to put into explaining what defund the police meant. I should, Even I didn't even know what the hell it meant for what. Well, first thing, the first time I heard about it, I was just getting rid of police and nobody made any clarifications on it. And it seems like in certain different areas, it meant something different from what anybody else was talking about. Some folks was actually talking about just abolishing the police. Then there were some people that were talking about, you know, say, allocating funds to certain other community things. There were other different people that were talking about taking money in order to give more money so they can mess around and do more training for police officers. So it shits all over the damn place, and if you're going to sit out there and you're going to announce it, and it's not to say that Biden or Kamala or any part of that the, the 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 race, I don't I think they didn't latch on to it because of maybe that those different opinions of what it was. So I I in order for them to actually make a statement about defunding the, the police, they would have had I had to have they would have basically had to choose which one of these people's ideas they wanted to run with in regards to, and. I don't think there was any kind of communication or anything like that involved. Even when it comes to his presidential campaign, I don't even think he wanted even deal with that part of it, quite honestly. I, I think all I ever heard them mention was just police reform. And that's pretty much what Democrats talk about all the time. So he seemed to kind of just stick to his normal talking points that any other Democrat would, in grand scheme. So when it came to whether or not it hurt him or not, I think the fact that they didn't take the time out to try and at least manage the idea of what this was supposed to be in order to maybe in order to maybe just inform those conservatives or some of those moderates in regards to what people were actually thinking, in regards to what they wanted to do with this defunding part. But in order to do that, they would have had to claim it. And I think there was enough. You know, salt whatnot thrown on top of defunding. That I think they, I, I think they basically just felt like it was best to just kind of back up off of it and just talk. They normal talking points
0: of police reform. So, um, one, I think, I think we've talked about this on the show before. It's not enough to have good policy; you have to also market it properly, right? Um, this is the problem with uh, the Affordable Care Act. It was good policy, or at least better than what we already had, but it was horribly marketed. They allowed Republicans to take over the marketing, and and it created a kind of a permanent stain in the minds of a lot of conservative people that it was somehow damaging their lives. I think the phrase defund the police, it it, it leaves open too many holes. It lets people kind of just come up with their own idea of what they, what it actually means, as opposed to Medicare for all, which a, a, as much as Republicans talk bad about it and try to push it as something horrible for the public, they, they push it as something horrible by talking about what it is. It's healthcare for everybody. That's exactly what it is. Now, Republicans are trying to say that that's a bad thing, that it's socialism, that it's terrible for you, but it's not really working like 62% of the country has, are, has already voted on this and made it clear, like, no, this is something we like. And it crosses barriers between Democrats and Republicans alike because it's good marketing. They marketed it in a way that it's like, hey, are you tired of paying for drugs? Are you tired of paying for your medical care? Medicare for all fixes that. You know, when you say defund the police, it, 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 it doesn't immediately make it clear to people what it is you're advocating for. But again, it's, it's not the responsibility of, of activists to try to put together their initiatives in a way that's comfortable or, or, or helps politicians, especially when politicians are why we have this need for defund the police to begin with. Because for over a century now, politicians have not addressed the issue of police brutality. That's basically what this comes down to. So how are you going to complain? And, and these people who are coming out saying that defund the police had such a negative impact on their races, none of them have come up with an alternative plan. Mm. None of them, even Biden. All right, Biden said, I don't believe in defund the police. They asked him what he was going to do. He was like, well, I get all, I had for more training. This ain't a training issue. Like, yeah, that's part of it. But really, this is about culture. There's been plenty of instances where we've had a person who's been on the force for 20, 30 years and then shot somebody and murdered him in the blood for no in cold blood for no damn reason. All right. This ain't just about training. This is a culture problem. Defund the police addresses this essentially as a culture issue. But to take it a step further, something else AOC said that I thought was interesting is when you look at AOC and Cory Bush, And some of these other progressives that have now got into Congress, they all beat Democrats in order to get there. Like, they all challenged the establishment, more centrist Democrats, and then beat them. And so AOC is like, we are the ones who understand the weaknesses of what Democrats are doing right now. Like, we are the ones who analyzed it, look at how they've been trying to win races, and see, these people are completely weak online. They're completely weak in their marketing strategies. They're completely weak and how they're pushing information to the general population. And we could take advantage of that to win our races. And AOC is basically like, they are so stuck on hating progressives and hating progressive policies that they won't even entertain the idea of let's sit down and have a conversation trade information back and forth, and why don't you use some of the same vendors and resources we've been using to shore up your infrastructure and what you're doing so that you can be more effective against Republicans. If you are known as a vendor who helped a progressive win their race, you go on a blacklist. Like that's basically public knowledge now. Nancy Pelosi says, okay, the DNC will not do any work with this organization whatsoever even though this organization just proved, hey, I could completely demolish what the DNC has been doing online. And to me, this all just plays into Republicans' hands, because what has become absolutely clear is that Republicans are brainwashing people across the country. They are pushing this right-wing ideology and this right-wing messaging down people's throats which is why 250,000 Latinos in Florida all believe that Joe Biden is a socialist and the second coming to Fidel Castro. Mm. Like they they are pushing this across the country, and it is working, and it is working because folks are not being presented with a real alternative. And w- w- one more thing on that subject, AOC said, and, and and I agree. I never thought of it this way, but now that she put it this way, I I, I feel like she's right. She was like, the problem with the way Democrats are investing their money is that they invest in personalities like um, like Beto O'Rourke or, you know, the, these people that kind of come out of left field. And then all of a sudden, hey, he might be that guy that can dethrone Mitch McConnell or Ted Cruz or, you know, the latest high power Republican that nobody thinks can be defeated. But, oh, there's this one guy that might be able to do it. And she was like. Instead of investing in personalities, <coughs> sorry, you all have been sick as a dog for the past week. <laughs> instead, of in, <laughs> instead of investing in personalities, Democrats should be investing in states. They should be investing in the infrastructure and the activists in the states. And then no matter what personality comes ab- about, they can take advantage of the activists and the infrastructure that is available to run quality races that can really challenge Republicans. And that's what's not happening right now. They'll dump two, $3 million into this one individual candidate who they feel like might be a star, and then that doesn't work out. And then there's just nothing there. There's no machine there that's trying to push more people to understand what the Democratic Party is doing and sign on to it. It's a recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, you know, at some point uh, the 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 Republican Party was 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 a progressive party. And you know, at the end of the day, those people got old and became conservative. <laughs> you know, and eventually that's what's going to happen with the Democratic Party? They're, gonna, they're they're right now they're pushing ideals that that young people want, and eventually the young people who supported them for so long getting old. You know, and, and they're go- and they've turned more and more conservative over the years. I mean, and, and are ultimately going to be conservative. I mean, like I said, it's gonna. I'm I'm looking at a party split, you know, I'm looking at it happening sooner than I thought it was going to happen. I think, but you know, it, it's it's a, it's just crazy how how um, it's just crazy to look at the different ways of thinking within that party. And and what they're doing is just absolutely insane. You know, there's there's no reason. I mean, I I, I mean, you you said it before. There's no reason, uh, reasoning behind who they put against Mitch McConnell. And there was no reasoning behind that. It, it was crazy, and and you know anybody looking at it was going to say, you know, and I think they spent what like ten times more money than than, than what Mitch McConnell's spent. It's crazy. That's what the data shows that
0: you have these moderate Democrats that the DNCC loves to try to run. They'll run moderate Democrats in these areas that are supposedly more moderate, and they'll give these people tons and tons and tons and tons of money, and these people will lose, all right, and lose convincingly. Mitch McConnell's race was not close. Lindsey Graham's race was not close. They should have been close. Neither one of these people are known for really serving their constituents. But in order to pull peel constituents away, you have to give them a real choice. Meanwhile, 87% of the Democrats who, who directly signed on to Medicare for All and said, that's a proposal I would sign off on, won their races. And many of them were were running in areas that were extremely competitive. They did not have the backing of the DNCC. They did not have nearly the kind of money that these modern Democrats were getting. But they were able to present a vision to the population. And so consequently, they were able to win their races. And when you talk about some of the more established progressives, they won their races easily. AOC won re-election easily. Ilhan Omar, Donald Trump went to Minnesota directly, directly challenged Ilhan Omar from the podium, told the people of Minnesota, you have to deliver Minnesota, uh, Minnesota to me because if people like Ilhan Omar cannot be allowed to remain in Congress. He called her out by name. And she's still, in a place like Minnesota, which ain't known as being the most hyper-liberal, I mean, this is where George Floyd got murdered, Mm -hmm. where some of the most highest cases of police brutality have occurred. In a place like Minnesota, she won her race by a landslide. A landslide. So this becomes the problem. When are are people who are running the Democratic Party going to understand You have to present candidates that actually stand for something, which brings me to these Georgia races. So we've got these two Senate races in Georgia. Right. And they are going to decide essentially which party runs the Senate for the next two to four years. Well, uh, a a, a media organization named Axios had an interview with Ossoff, uh, one of the people who's running. And they said, hey, you know, we feel like you're on a much bigger stage now and that a lot of people are just now getting introduced to you. And we feel like people who are potentially going to send you money or vote for you should have an idea of what you support. So I just want to do some quick hits and find out what you do or do not support, right? Medicare for all, no. Green New Deal, no. Defund the police, no. She went through like three or four other things. And it's all just like, no, 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 no. And, by, and when you finish looking at it, not only looking at that video, but also the the the, the tweet that Axel's put out on Twitter with, with a brief summary of what he does and does not believe in, he basically comes off as an empty suit. He comes off as a guy who stands for nothing. He comes off as a guy who basically, I'm going to support you and send you money because I don't want Republicans to have power. But I know you... You don't give a fuck. You don't plan to actually stand for anything or do anything. And for some reason, the DNC believes that there's this massive group of voters who finds these type of candidates appealing. There's not. I don't care what side of the spectrum you're on, left, right, dead center, whatever. You want your candidates to actually stand for something, to say, okay, this is what I'm attempting to do. If you don't like Medicare for all, what do you like? If you don't like defund the police and don't believe that's the way to deal with police brutality, what do you advocate? What do you feel like should be done? They're not doing that. They're not providing a real vision. They're just saying, I don't side with anything that I I think might make people uncomfortable. You should be absolutely comfortable with me because I'm not going to do anything that you might find offensive. That doesn't work. Not anymore. The, it, it worked 40 years ago. It worked before I was born. You could have these vanilla people coming in who really never really took a side. Those times are dead. And looking at that, it makes me feel like the DNCC still doesn't get that, which is sad. It's incredibly sad.
1: Well, here's the one, here's the so. one thing that, that's actually, <coughs> you know, it, it, this is one of few things, if the only thing I would compliment uh, uh, Donald Trump on is that he he forces you to do something. And if you don't do something, Come on now. you're going to get steamrolled. I mean and, and that that's just how it is. And and they and and he's really kind of of uh, gotten the the major players in that party to kind of go along with that same thing. I mean, look, they just steamrolled that that Supreme Court justice into <laughs> into that spot, you know, they they and they're they're trying to steamroll the election they're trying to you, you have to do something and, and no one can just sit around and just not do anything. And that and that's what Donald Trump has provided mm-hmm. is is the is the you should have provided the motivation. Now, to me, the biggest problem right. is do you actually want to serve the people or or you just you just want a job? You know, and that, and that's the key to this, mm-hmm. is that, you know, the people who are going to make it, it, it should, at least should make it, are the people who actually want to do the work and do the business. What do your constituents want? You need to find that out. Right. And then you need to work towards that. It's mm-hmm. not what you want, not what you think should happen. What do your constituents want? Right. and And then you go from there. You know, and as a senator... By nature, some senators are going to be more moderate than others because, hey, you might be a Democrat, but most of your constituents might want more conservative stuff. So but you're still you got to talk to your constituents, find out what they want and work with them on on what you want. You can try to put a Democratic spin on a conservative thing and, and dress it up if you want, but you have to give your constituents something. You're not just going to win mm-hmm. by, I'm just going to ignore what they want. When I'm in office, I'm going to do this, that, and the other. Well, is that what the people in your state want? You know, and you, you got to right. find that out. And that's, and that's uh, a huge problem with this two-party system is that they don't care. It's just whatever the DNC wants, whatever the RNC wants. They're all empty suits as far as I'm concerned. They're going to vote for whatever the party wants. And that's it. And I, I can't mm-hmm. stand it.
0: Yeah, that was the other thing that also said no to uh, no to that I forgot about. They asked if he would be willing to pack the courts. You know, they're talking about when Biden comes in, they might try to pack more people onto the Supreme Court to offset some of Trump's picks. And he was like, "No, I wouldn't be able, wouldn't be willing to do that." So, what is your plan to deal with <laughs> in the way lower courts of the Supreme Court have basically been taken over by the Republican Party unfairly, <laughs> unfairly? You got. You got no plans, but what what your comment did remind me of that I completely forgot. There was a fascinating interview with Chuck Schumer, where he was talking about whether or not um, Biden's legacy and his ability to get things done was wholly dependent upon whether or not Democrats could take the Senate. And he was uh, he aggressively was like, "No, it is not." He was like, "Whether we get the Senate or not." He basically repeated exactly what you said, Hudson, that they're in a time frame right now where it's become clear a lot of people feel abandoned by the Democratic Party and feel like the Democratic Party has not really serviced its base. And he said, whether we have the Senate or not, we are going to have to make big changes over the next four years to reestablish our brand and make it clear that the Democratic Party cares about people. And so uh, that was when I I posted on social media about they're giving serious consideration to Biden passing an executive order that would forgive $50,000 worth of student loan debt for people across the country, which the president does have the power to do. And so I I, I think that that interview and seeing the, the passion there really gives me hope that you know, hopefully there are some people really in charge of the Democratic Party who understand the stakes and, like you said, feel pushed by everything Trump is doing to really get some things done and make some clear stances about how they want to move the country forward. Mm-hmm. You know, one can only hope. Yeah, take that. Shut up. now <laughs> 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 what? Exactly. Um, so one more thing about, it, I think it would be remiss if, uh, we didn't talk about that for the first time in our country, we have a, uh, woman vice president and it's a black woman at that, um, big deal, very historic, historic moment, Mm -hmm. long time coming. Um, Simone, uh, was sitting on my lap as we watched Kamala Harris, um, giving her speech, I, 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 Of course, it wasn't all that impactful for Simone, but it was deep for me, um, just to have Simone be able to see her and, and she was reaching out towards her, towards the TV, trying to touch her the whole time. It was like, I, I, I would definitely be 100% comfortable with Simone growing up, being used to seeing a woman in the White House in some capacity, you know, and not even really knowing or understanding this era we went through where women, people were uncomfortable with voting women into positions of power and authority in this country. So again, I haven't changed my previous stance. I, I'm, I don't agree with Kamala Harris politically. She was not someone who I really supported to be president. That has nothing to do with the importance of this moment. And I'm happy that it's happened and who knows, what she's going to do with this power, you know? Maybe in four years from now, I'll actually be singing her praises. Saying, "Hey, I'd have no problems with her being president whatsoever." So yep. we'll see. It's about the need to speak on that. You know, here's what I'd, I'd love to, to see. Oh.
1: <laughs> here's here's what I would love to see, and, and I would love to see fraternities and sororities really start making a push, especially in in places where they're strong. Um, you know, Chicago has a, has a very strong uh, fraternity, sorority community here. And I would love to start seeing them really make a push together with regards to trying to, you know, get some more things done uh, politically. I'd love to see them start trying to push more, more people into office and, and, and things like that, uh, especially in some of these down south uh, areas, too. I'd love to see them start beating the streets and getting more political and get together. I think it's time. You know, so, you know, uh, and, and, uh, you know, I would like to say, because I have read this online a few times, you know, uh, because of the pandemic, I just don't get out anymore. So I haven't actually talked to anybody in person about it. But, you know, I've read this online a few times claiming or or saying that uh, she is not black. because of her nationalities yeah. but, but let's make this clear Bruh. let's make this clear let's hmm. go back to the 1700s you tell me if they're not putting her in chains if this was the 1700s and then come back to tell me if she's black or not so, so let's just get that straight I'm going to tell you where I stand right now that is a black woman you, know, you, you go into the nationalities all you want that is a black woman so um, I'm just going to call it like that and let it go from that point. But the historical, yes, absolutely. It is, it is remarkable. I love it. I love that my daughter's going to be able to see it. My nieces, all. I mean, I love that they're going to be able to see this. And, and one of her strongest statements, uh, I think she said, I think she got that from her mother or her grandmother, was that you might be the first to do mm-hmm. something, but make sure you're not the last. So you know that statement, I definitely appreciate it, and you know. Um, so if that's a tale that she's going to try to open some doors, you know, I power to her, and she's got my full support if I can help her in anything.
0: Jason, were you going to say something?
2: Uh not really. Uh, just happy to see it. I've never been one of them folks, and one that who've been you know. I, I appreciate the fact that somebody took the time out to actually, you know, uh, to be a, a visual fixture for our sisters. Uh, hopefully she gets the support that she needs and hopefully she gets everything and is able to implement and do the things that she wants to do in the position that she's in. And hopefully it opens doors for anybody or any other woman who wants to pursue that type of position, who feels that they have they 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 have the ability to do so, and uh, I just appreciate it being an example. Like you say, when it comes to the background and the things that we've done politically, I mean, I personally am somebody believes in the now. You have this platform, you have this position. What are you going to do now? We can we can sit back and we'll talk about what she did in the past for the longest, but it doesn't mean that she doesn't have the ability to make things right or make things better for people now. So I wish you the best.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I definitely concur. She absolutely is black. Um, I want to note. I think some people um, find it offensive that she almost never talks about her father and her father is Jamaican um, while her, her mother is Indian. Uh, I I think it is worth noting that, you know, she probably feels abandoned by her father. Like there was a really bad breakup between her parents and her mother took her to America and contact with her father has been extremely limited. So it's not the relationship is just not the same. So it makes complete sense that she wouldn't mention her father in the same way that she talked about her mother. That does not mean she's denying her blackness or trying to hide her blackness to get ahead. It's interesting, actually, that you brought this up. Sorry, you are going to say something, Jason?
2: No, I You know, I you know how I feel about people in their opinions. pick rocks. Who, who cares? Why is it a big deal? Why, why, why is it? Why is it necessary to tear it tear it down? And why can't we just accept it for what it is? Number one, the first woman vice president whether she's black, whether she's Indian, whatever it is she claimed, and we can see it, we know where she is. Mm-hmm. Now, you want to sit up and you want to say what she is, that's your opinion, and that's what it is. Whether Whatever her relationship is with her father, whatever the relationship is with her mother, that's her relationship. Let's figure right. out what she's going to do while she's in the office. How about that? Mm-hmm. Let's focus on what she's going to do with the office now. Is she going to try and make this, this fucking country better now that she has it? or we're gonna sit here and we're gonna speculate whether or not she's black or not. It's, exactly. just, it's just like for the last four years, we just fat, we sat down and we called fucking Trump a fucking bigot and a racist and everything else and did shit done. Right. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing at all. So we're gonna sit How we're gonna sit, we gonna fuck around and harp on shit that 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 don't fucking matter. It don't. Right. Now it's time to fix some shit. He fucked up everything for four years. Let's fix it. If she fix it, yeah. I mean, I could get if she was blue from the planet. Fucking things. Mm-hmm. As
0: long as she getting that, I agree, huh? I agree 100%. Um, uh, Jason brought up something interesting in chat. He said, uh, Kamala Harris is not black. Black is used for African Americans. And I've heard a lot of people online saying this, that because her blackness comes from Jamaican ancestry. She should not be referred to as black. And I strongly disagree with that. And I feel like we're the only ones who really do this. When you, when you're, when you say white and you consider who is, who is a part of white culture, it is a huge melting pot. It's not just the Britons who came over from America and the people who can trace their ancestry back to those specific people. There's a whole bunch of different groups that have decided to come over from America. And because you, they are treated as a certain way because of their skin color, they all consider themselves part of one group. They don't differentiate themselves and say, well, I'm actually directly descended from the original colonies, therefore put me in a different category and treat me differently. It doesn't work like that. But for some reason, black people believe that I feel like we always find a way to separate ourselves and to say, well, you're not really black. Well, I'm dark skinned, you're light skinned well you're gay I'm not gay well you're Muslim I'm not Muslim there's always a reason why black people should not work together should not collaborate should not feel kinship with one another and therefore you come up with these things like well I'm the only one who's black you you're something different you you're you're, you're you're this different thing even though we look the same and we're treated the exact same way in this country and so I don't I don't agree with this but And yes, Indians do use a caste system, but she's Indian Jamaican. Jamaicans are treated the same way in this country as Ada's are. So why is it that we feel the need to separate ourselves from them? To me, it doesn't make any sense. But it's interesting you brought the... Sorry, you were going to say something, Hudson?
1: Well, I was going to say, you know, when you take South Africa, for example... Who has a lot of people, a lot of white people who were born in Africa, in South Africa, and some of those folk have come to this country. You know, you wouldn't think to call those folk African American. You wouldn't, because African American is technically based off origin, where where you you were born or where your where your ancestors were born, or or etc. Right? So you you wouldn't think to call those folk African American. Black is a race. It, it it designates color. It doesn't, you know. It, it, I mean, if you want to be technical, you can say brown if you want, but you know, it, it's you would you would not call a white person from South Africa who came to America and migrated here. You would not call them African American. You wouldn't. So, I mean, I I kind of get what people are trying to do here, but if it's really that important, just say POC. She's a person of color. If you really want to want to make it anything about that but you know like i said she here in the 1700s they're gonna put her in chains just like they were gonna do us so just like the rest of us. so i mean I'm, I'm i'm not gonna i'm not gonna sit here and try to make those distinctions i i think it's petty and i think we should try to move on and move forward with her as our vice president and 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 see what she does like jason said what is she gonna do we need to find that out. and We need to right. move forward with it if, if it's an agenda that we support.
0: Absolutely. So it's interesting that you brought this up because I've been a like a two day long battle on Twitter about this. <coughs> There's a talk show, uh, a podcast on YouTube that I love to watch called Secular Talk. And he put up this painting somebody did that has... John McCain, John Lewis, Elijah Cummings, and and uh, RGB as up at the top as like angels looking down at Kamala Harris and Biden hugging, you know, uh, probably because of their victory or whatnot, right? And he put it on Twitter. It was like, don't do this shit. <laughs> it, like, made it like, you know, he felt like the painting was horrible and that uh, was cringe and... Uh, That was overblown, blah, blah. So I put a message out there and I was like, hey, you know, I feel like this is actually tasteful because John Lewis and Cummings absolutely would have been excited about the first black woman to be president. RGB absolutely would have been excited about a woman finally becoming uh, vice president. And McCain absolutely would be excited about uh, Trump finally losing. So Mm -hmm. I didn't see what was the big deal, right? And I get these this wave, this absolute wave of progressives. These are people who are leftists. These are people who support Bernie Sanders. These are people who, technically, we you know we all are, are, want the same things, right? And want the same things for the country. This wave of just hate about Kamala Harris and how you know she isn't black and she's a war criminal and uh, she's locked up a bunch of people. And how could you possibly be on board with such horrible politics? And I'm like, yo, I don't really agree with, I don't agree with our politics, but this is a historic moment. And the picture is really commemorating this moment. Like you can't take that away. You can't just separate it. And again, you get these waves of people who are like, no, it doesn't really matter because our politics are horrible and yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, so because her politics don't work for you and she doesn't help you do what you want to do, you decided you're just going to dismiss this historic moment that women and black women are having right now. That's fucked up. That, that, that's just not a good look at all, at all. And so, yeah, it, it's motivated me enough where I keep going back and forth with these idiots. But it's just, it's just sad to see how many people are out there like that. And a lot, some of these guys are black men. Like, it's not like I'm just going up against a bunch of white people, you know? Like, it's black folks jumping in there, spewing this nonsense. And I'm like, why? <laughs> why?
2: Because people suck. That's why.
0: Exactly.
2: People suck ass. They <laughs> it's like, yeah. they're sucking a lot. <laughs> and, and, and the last four years have been proven that people suck ass. On oh, yeah. both sides. I can give a fuck if you're progressive, if you're an old Democrat from Haiti. I can give a fuck if you're a you, you fleet to farm fucking Republican and shit. Unfortunately, people fucking suck. And it's just plain and simple because we're going to find different ways to just fuck around and just tear people down and beat shit to fucking death. And we do this all the time. Nothing nothing is significant anymore. Nothing, <coughs> nothing matters. Even, even even to those people who are supposed to matter to it, it, it fucking falls short because it doesn't fall within the lines or the zone of what they feel is right or what they think is the, 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 the proper choice and everything else. If you didn't want the woman in there, you shouldn't have fucking voted for her. Plain and simple. And, 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 and it came, it, it comes with life. This is who he chose. So that's what it is. For whatever reason, he made the choice in order to do it, whether it was to get the black vote, whether it was to get the Indian vote, whether it was to get the woman vote, whatever the case may be, shit out now. And that's what it is. And we either go fuck around, we go sit here, and we go harp on things like we always seem to fucking do, or we go fuck around and start making some kind of changes. And I think that's part of the byproduct of what fucking Trump has done. We sat back and all we do is we just talk shit all day. All day long and we don't do anything anymore. We sit back and we allow these motherfuckers to do whatever they want to do to us. We allow them to make whatever laws they want to make, take the money out of your pockets and put it in their buddies' hands, and we sit back and we fuck around and we play hurt, we play the victim all day long. Or we talk shit about somebody who's actually trying to do something. Mm-hmm. And it's what and, and I'm not even talking about just black, I'm talking about everybody there. This is an American problem. This is just this, just what we do. And, mm-hmm. and then sit up and and these will be the same people who will sit up and tell me to go vote. Well, that's that's, yeah. a, that's the best <laughs> that's 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 <laughs> thing you want to tell these motherfuckers to kill themselves half the damn time. Don't tell mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. if you over there talking shit about the motherfucker that you told me to go vote for. <laughs> it's, annoying. Mm-hmm. it's annoying. It's annoying as hell. It really is.
1: I mean, yeah. we had our chance to support Willie Wilson if we wanted him as as uh, president or <laughs> vice president, we had a chance, you know. Wow. I mean, it, it it seemed to have fell through, so you know, we didn't do it. So, so we have Kamala Harris. So there we go. <laughs> it
0: is what it is. <laughs>
2: I like any dude who got his, his old party name after. <laughs>
1: That's the only oh, thing
2: yeah. caught my eye when I saw it on that slip. That's it. <laughs> Willie Wilson of the Willie Wilson party. Holy shit. I was like, hey. <laughs> I almost pushed the button on that shit. Like, I want to give it to him just for that.
0: <laughs> uh, I did. <laughs> hey, I voted for him. Even though I knew he was going to lose, I voted for
2: him. Go ahead, Willie. Get
0: it. <laughs> I appreciate brothers who. Who step out and try to do things independently and get things done, even though some horrible things came out that came out about him after the election. Uh, you know that made me decide I'm probably not gonna vote go for him again. But still, mm-hmm. I don't regret you know standing up for a brother who's trying to do his thing.
2: Oh, just because he voted for Trump and stuff, oh, it's okay.
0: We all have flaws now. So- <laughs> All right, Uh-oh. no, no, yeah, no, Uh-oh. no, no. It's beyond that. It <laughs> ain't okay. got nothing to do with Trump. These are personal failures, brother. <laughs> okay, I'll go read about that Don't worry about it. You do that. You do that. <laughs> nah, Jason, we uh, we voted for Willie. We voted for Willie, but Durbin was clearly going to steamroll anyway. Um, Tristan, I'm not sure if the majority of Jamaicans are descended from African ancestry, to be honest with you. That's a good question. Well, that's what I was going to make a
2: comment on. That too it like in the France, it, 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 I'm no historian or anything like that, but the Jamaican islands, Haitian islands, were all populated by black folks who basically jumped off of those slave ships. Correct?
1: Well, a lot of those. I don't think those, that's true. Well, some of those islands, a lot of those islands, had Africans brought to them, as well. They tried to. They would, right. They would try to. They would try to enslave the natives that were already there. And then, but they also did Mm -hmm. bring some Africans from there. Like, the islands and all that stuff, those were the first stop for a lot of the Africans. It was after they stopped there at one of those islands that they would tend to come here. I mean, so sometimes they would come straight to America, but a lot of times there was a pit stop in those islands.
0: Gotcha. Mm So Jamaica witnessed an influx of slaves from Nigeria between 1790 to 1809, as Jamaica and Virginia were the major disembarkation points at the crossing the Atlantic. So the vast majority of Jamaicans are of African descent with minorities of Europeans, East Indians, Chinese, Middle Eastern, and others or mixed ancestry. So yes. Mm. Most, the vast majority are, of them are from are of African descent. Interesting. Yeah. They they aren't Jason still going to be in the chat trying to make this point. <laughs> but uh, I, I think we've made things clear. Kamala Harris is black. of the uh, being the vice president is absolutely historic. And it's something that people should be pausing to take note of. And hopefully it's the start of a trend where we get more women involved in politics and more black women in general who are allowed to rise to higher stations. So definitely something that I appreciate seeing. And I'm looking forward to seeing more of it. Moving on to the last topic of the day, as it always is on our podcast show. The Bears, and it's been it's the same story now that it's been pretty much every uh, week this season. Nick Foles plays his heart out, does everything in his power mm-hmm. to get these people a win and support the team. And the team doesn't do what it needs to do in order to get the job done and come away with a win. Um, the defense played okay. This past week, but once again, we have a game where there are no interceptions. There are no forced fumbles. There are no takeaways. Um, I think they got two sacks the entire game and maybe five quarterback hits. So they weren't even getting consistent pressure against the quarterback. Um, Just this is just not the stuff that uh, high caliber defenses are made of. And then on the offensive side, these people could, were just not holding on to the ball. I think there are about four fumbles, um, two of them that we ended up losing. And so Poles is delivering it to people and trying to move the ball down the field. And drives keep on getting messed up for reasons that really don't have anything to do with him. So it's just it's hard to watch. It's, it's hard to watch. And. I see Foles doing everything he can to try to hold things together, and his efforts are not being rewarded. So I'm not sure uh, how you all feel about the game. Um, Hudson, I guess I'll start with you.
1: Well, I mean, it's clear that Foles isn't the one to fix things. So, you know, um, you know, at the end of the day, when we think about the defense, you know, it, it's the defense uh, allowed 17 points in that game, which is, which is, I, I mean, by, by any stretch of the imagination, especially against that offense, that was pretty damn good. You know, we're talking about an offense who scored 42 points, I think twice this season already. And one of those 42 point games was against another pretty good defense. So, you know, I think defense did pretty well. Um, I mean, you can't expect to always get forced fumbles and and interceptions. And if you're waiting to get that each and every week, I mean, that's not going to happen. So for them to only allow 17 points, I think it's pretty doggone good. Um, As far as the offense?
0: So I want to remind our listeners, Nick Foles was 36 of 52 with 335 yards and two touchdowns for the game. And almost a 100 quarterback rating. That's
1: there the is no game. There
0: is, there is no planet. The There's just no planet. planet where that is not an outstanding game. And if we had a quality defense that was keeping the score down, it wouldn't matter at what point in the game he scored those points. Maybe because if they, they weren't on the field okay. low enough to pull in a win. So oh. this. I I don't understand why you all keep making excuses for this defense and then trying to put all the pressure upon Nick Foles. How much he is clearly doing a phenomenal job.
1: Does it need to be? Other
0: people need to do their
1: part. How much further down than 17 points does it need to be? It was twenty-four points. Yeah, they they scored seven off of their defense Yeah, their defense scored a touchdown. Our defense allows 17. The gave man. Yeah. How, how much more down no. do they have to hold? No. No,
0: look, look. It, they are responsible for the end score. Period. But the offense gave them a touchdown. You them. don't do that. Which, again, was not Nick Foles' fault. Well,
1: how that, much, is,
0: that was just not his fault.
1: How much further down do they need to be? How much do they need to hold them before the offense can be depended on to score some points?
0: At this point, it's not about them holding down the score more; it's about them actually coming up with turnovers and putting the offense in a position where they have opportunities to capitalize on, which has not been happening. They, Instead, they, they,
1: have, they had turnovers. no; they have not.
0: What they've been doing? They didn't do it in this last game. What? Speak. What happened in this last game and what has happened multiple times before is they have this bend, but don't break philosophy where they get close to the other person's end zone, just enough outside of field goal range where they can't hit a field goal. And then they stop them. And then those people kick the ball all the way back to the other side where we're basically right in front of our own goal line. And then Nick Foles expected. To somehow march down the entire field with the scrubs that he has available, and it doesn't happen. This is not going to be what works for our offense, and it's not as much as you can look at it. as much as you want to, this is not what high caliber defenses do. High caliber defenses come up with turnovers and put their offense in Mike a position. Mike is saying you're muted,
1: see. Samori. Mike is saying you're muted. I'm sorry. What it's I was good because they didn't saying, need to hear that drivel anyway.
0: No, nah, no, nah, we, <laughs> we did. We did. Absolutely, we absolutely did. Y'all absolutely did. What it essentially comes down to is this bend but don't break Chicago defense is allowing people to get all the way to the other side of the field, just outside of field goal range, and then finally stopping them. And then they kick the ball back all the way to right in front of our own end zone and then Nick Foles is expected to somehow drive the ball all the way across the field in order for us to score. This is not what high-caliber defenses are made of. High-caliber defenses come up with turnovers to put their offense in a position to be able to succeed. That is not that is not what the uh, Chicago Bears defense has been doing. You can rub your head as much as you like, but the statistics bear out for themselves – Facts are
2: facts. Statistics. <laughs> tomorrow, tomorrow. Yes, sir. <laughs> I don't – I'm so confused by what you just said. You just said that defense has the bend of the don't break, allows another offense to get down to a certain point, stops them before they get into field goal range. <laughs> and because they didn't get a turnover and get the ball back to our 20-yard line, the offense is ineffective. So what you're telling me is, is the offense is only good in the red zone, which is not a fact. Which is not true either. Suck. So what you're telling me is the only way our offense, only way Nick Foles is effective is if he's
0: close to his own end zone. What I am telling you is that half of, no, more than half, three out of five of our offensive line members are injured. Nick Foles is not getting any protection. It doesn't matter whether he's doing a two or three or five-step drop. He is experiencing pressure as soon as the ball is hyped. When you are in a situation where you know your offensive quarterback is experiencing pressure from the moment the ball is snapped, you cannot ask him to consistently make 90-yard drives down the field in order to be able to score. You need to give him shorter fields and better opportunities so he has a real opportunity to potentially put some points on the board. This is not this is not rocket science, and it's not outlandish. And what is happening is, because we have this bend-but-don't-break defense that is letting these people go all the way down the damn field before we finally stop them, And because we're not getting pressure and we're not creating turnovers, it is putting Nick Foles in a position where there's no way for him to succeed. All he can do is focus on not turning over the ball, which he did last game, and still managed to come up with 300-plus yards and two touchdowns. And here we have two self-proclaimed Chicago Bears fans bitching about his performance and trying to say that everything's cool with the defense. This does not make any sense. This is not. This does not compute, gentlemen. It does not. The defense, the offensive line, and our coaching, and the offensive game plan, these are the problems. Nick Foles is fine. He's one of the few bright spots we have on the team. Start looking around him to see the things that need to be changed.
2: I don't I don't know what game you're watching, Seymour. I don't maybe you're watching some old Eagles tape. I don't I don't I don't see what you're talking about, bro. I I, I completely concur with you when it comes to the offensive plan. Uh the gameplay and the game planning suck. Nat Nagy is not the answer for the Chicago Bears, and I'll be happy when he's fired at the end of the season. Uh the defense, no. I, I kind of feel like they're slipping into mediocrity as well. I don't like that I've never liked that in the don't break shit. But for you to come out and say that the only way that we can we can show this brightness of Nick Foles is to give him twenty to thirty yards to get to his end zone. So in, in retrospect and in, in in that, how do you make the statement and say that he's more effective down there as he is from down here. If he's getting that amount of pressure, he's not doing shit regardless. I didn't give fuck where the fuck he is. He doesn't have a chance to do anything anywhere if he's receiving that much pressure. Listen,
0: listen to what you're saying. He's getting that type of pressure. Really, he's getting he should... Pressure. Hold on, hold on, hold on. He shouldn't be able to do jack shit. He should have no production whatsoever. And yet, still, last game he had... 300-plus yards, and two touchdowns, which shows even in the absolute worst conditions, the absolute worst circumstances, Nick Foles is figuring out a way to succeed. Listen to what you're saying and put the pieces together, brother. How do you you succeed when they lost? How does that work? How do you succeed when you lose? That do even make
2: sense. That's that's the biggest oxymoron I've ever heard in my life. He scored. Two, he threw two touchdowns with two minutes left in the fucking game. That's not success. Uh-huh. And that was after they took their starters out. Uh-huh. <laughs> they were letting motherfucking of players play at that point. So, of course, they're going to score a couple fucking touchdowns. Do that shit in the first, second, and third quarter. Not when it's two minutes left in the game. That's not success. That's bullshit at that point. I could have used all of that 365 yards and two touchdowns when the game started. All nah. that means is that at the end of the game, the Titans said, hey, we got enough where we can fuck all and we can put your bump and shit in the
1: game. Prevent we defense. In prevent defense for their two scores. If you can't do that
2: shit against their starters, when he had to whip your ass for the first, second, third, and, and fucking 13 minutes of the fourth quarter, then, then there's no purpose in what you do at that point. Because that's not going to win the game.
0: Brothers, those points and yards that he got were irrelevant because the, because the defense had already let the game get away. It was not Nick Foles' fault oh that – The touchdowns and yardage he was able to eke out was not enough to help them win the game. It would have been if the offense fumbled the ball. The the offense fumbled the ball repeatedly. Again, that wasn't his fault. you You can't blame him for this. Nick Foles is doing the absolute best he can with what the Bears have provided him. again, Three out of our five offensive linemen are injured. We have no real stud standout, just go out there and get the ball no matter what, wide receivers or tight ends. We do not have a defense that is creating pressure or getting takeaways. And yet you all are somehow convinced that Nick Foles is the real issue here. He's not. Nick Foles is a championship quarterback. Not just played in the Super Bowl, won the Super Bowl. Got them to the Super Bowl. Super Bowl rings to go along with it. You don't stop being a Super Bowl champion just because two years passed, brother. Yeah, you do. All right?
2: Yeah, you do. No. That's a no.
0: Definition of doing no. Two, you were a Super Bowl champion two years ago. No. What are you doing uh, now? bro, Bruh. Bruh. We, when's the last time we have had a quarterback who has won a Super Bowl? Has it even been in my lifetime? No, but here you all are trying to piss on this opportunity. We have a quarterback who can bring a championship mindset to the team, who can tell these young Chicago Bears players, this is the way you have to conduct yourself. This is what you have to do to get to that point where you can reach that level and have success on that stage. He can deliver that type of mentorship and knowledge to this team. And y'all are frowning your noses at it. When Why are y'all happy with this mentorship that he's started?
2: I mean, you, can, you can go get any damn body. You can have fucking Brian Erlack to come back and talk to him if you want to. You can go, you can go and get Mike Singletary. He wants a Super Bowl. Him come talk to him and make the and jail the team. Go get them. it's, not, the same. it's not working for Nick?
0: It's not. It's not working, bro. Not working, bro. Not, not working. You can see, you can see the difference on the Patriots no, right can. now. No, you can't. Yes, you can. Oh, you Patriots? can see the How can you get on the, the Patriots. Patriots? How can you get can the I can get fucking Patriots. Finish? You
2: now, now you jumping off the totally other different teams that they got nothing. No, I'm not. About right now.
0: You, this is all the same situation. it's all the same situation. I'm talking about. Championship culture and championship mindset. You're saying even if Nick Foles does bring that, we could just have some guys come in to speak every so often and get the same impact. It doesn't work that way. The Patriots have lost Tom Brady, who was their core championship mindset. He was the quarterback going out there every day, making sure that people understood the game plan and how they were supposed to conduct themselves. They've lost that now, and it shows. It shows. They're not the same team. Nick Foles is trying to establish that same type of culture in Chicago. And these things take time. It didn't happen in Brady's first year. Even though they won that Super Bowl, that was more about Belichick than Brady. It took him time to really establish that brand and become that guy who could establish a championship culture no matter where he went. Nick Foles is is with Chicago Bears right now trying to do that, trying to teach us how to become a Super Bowl caliber team. And hopefully, on top of that, a dynasty. And instead of embracing the opportunity and the teachings that he's trying to share and saying, we need to put some pieces around this man to get our team to the spot where we can really take advantage of this, his Super Bowl pedigree, y'all are sitting up complaining and whining about a bunch of nonsense that has nothing to do with him, but at the same time trying, trying to blame him for it. It doesn't make any sense, brother.
2: So now you want to that build a team
0: around you, bro? Is that what you're saying? I want to build a team around a championship mindset and culture. And right now, Nick Foles is the only quarterback available that can do that for us. Now, if another quarterback comes along who is also proven that he can have success at the Super Bowl, we would, of course, have to consider that person. Can
2: I ask a question?
0: <laughs> and, I, and I know I keep cutting you off, Hutch, I apologize. <laughs> but I just want to get
2: this out. So you feel that anybody who's won the Super Bowl knows or can teach or can exude a championship culture. Is that what you're saying? Now, the the culture that he – that when he won the championship didn't come from his coach at the time.
0: It came from him because he could have just been a part of the process. So I don't believe it could be just any position player on there, but he was the quarterback. The quarterback is the core of the offense – he is the leader. He is the one who sets the tone, sets the culture, and is expected to connect with everybody that's on that field. So if the quarterback is someone who is able to excel and somehow win a Super Bowl, yes, I believe they have a firm understanding of the culture and pedigree that's necessary to succeed at that level. And Nick Foles has proven he's one of those guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we've already had, two weeks ago, I I read it out on this very podcast, professional columnists in Chicago newspapers talking about that Super Bowl pedigree, talking about how much credibility it's given him in that locker room, talking about how much his teammates appreciate his presence and his communication. All of these things matter. They matter a great deal. And there's a very, very limited pool of quarterbacks who could provide that same that same mix, those same talents that Nick Foles provides for us.
1: So Mike Glennon, we spent all that money on, got nothing. <laughs> Trubisky, we gave up all those draft picks, got nothing. Nick Foles, we gave up draft pick and, and 21 million and we have nothing right now. So we're – I mean, essentially, this should be Ryan Pace's and, and Matt Nagy's should be done. And once they're done, Nick Foles is done too. Well, I mean, Nick Foles and Trubisky, I don't see them lasting past this season either. Uh, I think it's a total overhaul, especially offensively after this year. And we know we've wasted another, another uh, great defense – We've wasted it again. And I mean it's a whole we're 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 a total rebuild next year. And and that sucks to be to have to be at there again. Um but the question is, will they get rid of Ryan Pace and Nagy? Or are they going to yep. try some shell game where you know you know it, it's I mean Nagy's play calling. Has been, and I, you know, there's micromanagement going on somewhere, and I don't know who's doing it. I don't know if if it could be very easily be Ryan Pace or someone telling Nagy you need to call those plays and not letting them. It, it stuff like that happens before, or is it Nagy pushing that he's got to call it? I don't know, but you know, I I, I can't picture. That, you know, I wouldn't want to share the responsibility at some point if I keep calling the plays and we keep losing. I would think at some point I would want to, you know, let's change this up. I need more. I need to have more of my eyes on the field and not be calling plays. nose in a playbook. So I'm waiting for that to happen. Uh, But it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Trubisky, I don't believe his shoulders hurt. I just believe that between him and his (laughs) agent, they probably decided, "Yeah, you don't need to play anymore." Now, did he get a sore shoulder after the hit? Maybe. I don't think it's hurt. I think between him and his agent, they decided, "Look, you got a chance to still be a starter somewhere else, so Mm -hmm. you best go ahead (laughs) and sit out the sit out (laughs) the majority of this season." So, I'm not sure we're going to see come back on that tag in. Well, yeah, yeah, because you know Nagy will call one of them dumbass plays that, you know, he'll put Trubisky out there, and you know the ball's going to go to him. It's going to be so predictable, and everyone's going to jump on top of him. So, it's, so if I was Trubisky, no, I would not want to – yeah, my, my shoulder's hurt. So I don't know if we'll see him on that side like that. <clears throat> Actually, I
2: pretty much see Nick Foles getting murdered out there, quite honestly. And that's what's And I, I, I mean, he's already fucking, he's already shown that he's fucking in injury mobile. prone. So, yeah, it, it, this horrible ass offensive know about line. He's injury prone. He's
0: immobile. He's not injury prone. Yeah, he is. No, he's not.
2: Last year with Jacksonville and shit, he broke his damn class. shit second or third game, the f- second or third play of the first game of
0: the season.
1: And lost his starting spot. How long been in that, since How long
0: Ken, has
1: he been in the NFL? Same year, well, right? Six,
0: seven years? Yeah. So it's been seven years or two injuries? That that doesn't mean your injury
2: problem. There's the several injuries. He had injury when he got on with the Eagles. That's why he lost his starting spot in the Eagles that first time he was out there with the Eagles. Then he went to wow. St. Louis and shit and got beat out by, I think it was fucking uh 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 he didn't get beat out, he got hurt in St. Louis. And whoever it was that backed him up took over his spot. I can't remember who it was at this point in time. Then he ended up in Kansas City, which he was sitting behind Alex Smith and I forget who the other cat was, but he wasn't there at the time. Uh, Holmes, again, not uh, 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 Pastor Holmes, he wasn't there yet. He wasn't there when he came in, but he just basically sat on the sideline there. Then he went and he was like bagging groceries for a minute, and then he got called back to the Eagles. Where he sat on the he sideline until through. Michael Vick got hurt and he got back in for a little bit. And then Carson Wentz came and Carson Wentz got hurt and he got in for a little bit and got him a Super Bowl. Earned him a Super Bowl. Got him a Super Bowl. <laughs> and he earned shit. <laughs> earned him a Super Bowl. He, he earned, the only thing he did good and whether he picked the right agent that got him back on the team and whatnot and put him on a Super Bowl team. That was it. They was already on their way to the Super Bowl when he stepped in. All he had to do was not fuck up. That's it. That's all he had to do. All he had to do was just throw it to Jeffries. He catches everything. Okay, cool. (laughs) No problem. I can do that. You got a great offensive line in front of me? Great. Appreciate it. I'm going to throw this ball all over the place. No problem. Earned nothing. He earned a great agent and paid him good money to get him back on their team, which got
0: him a Super Bowl. I'm not a Nick Foles fan like that, so I'm not going to try to defend his past record. I can't tell. I cannot tell. I'm a big fan of what he does for the Chicago Bears. I'm not a fan of Nick Foles overall. I didn't care about him before he came here. Whenever
2: he starts doing it,
0: please let me know. He's already started. Open your eyes. I, I can't anymore. I'm tired of watching him lose. We have three of three or five of our offensive linemen are injured. We don't have no real go-getter wide receivers, and this man still has an 100 quarterback rating with three over 300 yards and two touchdowns. A hundred quarterback rating? Where do you see that? At? When he? When has he ever had a hundred quarterback rating since he
2: started playing for us? He ain't this never had last- a hundred.
0: This last game, he was at like ninety eight point five, bro.
2: He was not. <laughs> yes,
0: he was. Oh, let me pull these damn stats out right now. That really hell to the north.
2: One hundred quarterback rate. Go, hey, hey, hey. Hey. Oh, go ahead. Because <laughs> thirty six of fifty two is not a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm not real good at math, but I know that's not a hundred. you, uh, oh lord, it's
0: Morris. I think you do this Same. on purpose, though. I really I do. I don't, man. He has a. he completed 70% of his passes, had 300 plus yards, and had two touchdowns. It is what it is, brother. That is an outstanding game. By any stretch of the imagination, that is an outstanding game.
2: The end of the game if,
0: any other, if any other quarterback had done this, Around the league, y'all would not be blaming that quarterback for the loss of that team. But because it's Nick Foles on the Bears, y'all want to point fingers because it seems like y'all never want to hold our defense accountable. Y'all want to pretend that we have this fantastic defense that compares to past great defenses in
1: the Chicago Bears legacy. We watched the Bears game. That's the problem. We didn't watch the other games to see if they got their stuff in garbage time either. There's a thing called garbage time. And when you get in garbage time, it, that means it didn't really didn't really matter. Okay? They played their prevent defense so that they could let the Bears take time off the clock. That's all they did. And hence he got his 300 yards. So it's wonderful to have great individual stats, but when you lose the game, you lose. That's, that's just it. He lost. Wow. Wow, brother.
0: You know what? We're going to agree to disagree. Is, is there anything else we need to talk about uh, regarding this subject before I close things out? Oh, he's now, been in the league for nine years. Excuse me.
1: Now, what I will Which say. Which means he's
0: not injury pro.
1: Now, what I will say is, now, Ryan uh, Tannehill, now, now he, uh-huh. that was an awesome game. Uh, you know, he's got some awesome stats right there. Um his, his touchdown to interception ratio, phenomenal. And I, and I want to add, while he was getting hit, he threw an absolute perfect pass for a touchdown. And, and it, was, it honestly could not have been defended any better. I, I saw that defense. I was like, wow, he made the absolute perfect throw. Oh, I wish. I wish. But I digress. We we, we don't have him. He's Uh, he's on Tennessee. So, you know.
0: (laughs) And therein lies the problem no respect for the people who have actually decided to come to Chicago and make our situation better. Instead, you start looking around at a bunch of things that you don't have and people who don't give a damn about you or your city or your team and wishing somehow that they were on your team, which is absolutely ridiculous. You go to war with the army that you have, and you appreciate and respect the army that you have for what it is that they're able you to You had deliver. no
1: respect for Mitch Trubisky. And, in fact, you were because looking for Cam Newton. Because he was part of my army. You were looking Nick for Foles Cam was the,
0: was the army even from the bench.
1: No, nah, I knew they wouldn't Cam go to get Cam Newton. Cam Newton.
0: Come on now. But the Bears, you wanted him. The Bears are not going to have a black hat quarterback as, as their lead while them owners are in there.
1: But you wanted them, You know. And he wasn't a part of the Army. <laughs> first of all, no I
0: need you not to speak to me in that soft, in that soft crew. That's first and foremost. That's we sad. can't have a discussion this way, bro. Mr. I need Trubisky. you to raise, stop tilting your head as well. I need you to raise your head up and talk in a normal tone. Mr.
1: Trubisky was a part of this. the Army. He was part <laughs> of the Bears team. You didn't really yeah. I mean, you know. And it's okay. A lot of people didn't. <laughs> you know. You loved him in
2: 2018. That's the day I'm sure. That was two years ago.
1: But, you, know, like, but, you know, two years ago, we, we also knew that there were flaws and, and we weren't blind to it. We, we also – and we, we should have sought in that that offensive line, we didn't really think about it then because Trubisky could run all over the field and we had Tariq Cohen running all over the field. So we didn't really think about it then, but that offensive line wasn't good then. Because if you remember, um, uh, who was our other quarterback, Jordan Howard? He could not run the ball for nothing. They could never get an effective run game with Jordan Howard. So that offensive line was not good. I imagine, I'm it's I'm, is already
0: uh, pretty solid now. Imagine how much better he'd be without with Cohen and able to use that as a weapon. Everything he's doing right now, he's doing it without even having Cohen available to him. They wouldn't use. Him and, all y'all have is complaints. They wouldn't use it's him if sad. they had him. <laughs>
2: Shit. Fucking bad stuff right now. They wouldn't use him if they had him. I'm glad they don't have him. I'm glad he gets to sit back and chill out for the rest of the season and spend some of his money. He don't need to be a part of this bullshit.
0: Bowles <laughs> 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 would have figured it out. Bowles
1: would be using Cohen, no doubt. His he agent, his agent probably sat him down, too. <laughs> <laughs> Probably like, right. yeah, you just sit down. You got some opportunities wow. next year somewhere else.
0: <laughs> it ain't
1: looking
2: good, bro. You know what?
0: You know we, what? We, we're just going to agree to disagree about all of this because y'all are just acting crazy. All right. And I'm going to let you all have this. How many more oh, games hey, do you need the to ball with the too. How many many more games?
1: How many more games you need before you understand that Foles just ain't the guy? What do you need?
0: It's not just about the games. It's about Foles' performance during the games. If he's having awful performances where it's clear, yo, they'd be doing so much better with another quarterback, then, of course, I'll relent and say, hey, they need to replace him so that the team could be doing better. But the fact, the fact of the matter is, for these past Two to three games where we've been losing, Foles has not been the reason we were losing. The defense and the offensive line are not doing their part to put the Bears in a position to win.
1: Okay, what I'm not going to just blame Foles automatically. What do you need from the defense and the offensive line? What do you need from
0: them? I need the offensive line to allow this man to do a full five-step drop. Where he can step back for five, go back five steps, set himself, and then throw those bonds that we need to really make progress down the field. I need the defense to A, actually get pressure against the quarterback instead of coming up with one or two sacks magically during the game and not getting any real consistent pressure. And then I actually need them to turn come up with turnovers to put the Bears in a a quality position to be able to score. That's what I need from both sides. If I get that, I'm good. If I get that and then Foles is throwing a bunch of interceptions and we're not able to take advantage and we don't win, that's on Foles. We can absolutely have that conversation. But that has not happened yet. Instead, what's happened is offensive line doesn't do its part. Uh, Defensive line is doing bare minimum. And then everybody expect Foles to be Superman. And when he's not, they say, well, oh, here he su- he sucks. The legacy of horrible Bears quarterbacks, blah, blah, blah. It's not fair. And it's not true.
2: So how long before you give, how long before you cut Nick Foles out and sit down and talking to the offensive line and yelling and pushing his championship mentality on him? When do you see that it, it doesn't work? You well, get, no, but you know, he's talking to I'm in jail, have some steak.
0: But the problem, <laughs> the problem is, look, again, you go back to the Patriots model, right? Which is to me the ultimate in trying to establish that championship mindset. They were consistent about trying to reach out to veterans and get more veterans on the team. They didn't look for youth. They didn't get the youngest players. They got guys who already knew what they were doing. They got guys who were already comfortable with their role in the NFL. We got a bunch of guys who barely even feel like they're actually starters, who didn't even believe that they'd be getting much playing time this year. So how do you establish championship caliber mentality in someone who barely even sees themselves as a professional yet? who barely even sees himself as capable of starting, much less playing at a championship caliber level. So Nick Foles has a monumental task in front of him, and it is taking time. It is taking time to try to establish that culture and get it implemented throughout the team. But that does not mean he's not the right guy to do it, and that doesn't mean that it won't happen. That just means that we have to be a little bit more patient with the process it takes to get a bunch of people who, again, didn't even know that they would be starting and get them to the point that they truly believe that they are championship-caliber football players. you you, you talking
2: about the dudes who play in the National Football League? You're you yes. you talking about the dudes who play for the Chicago Bears? yes. Are sitting and they've never had an idea. Of, they they never even considered them. they need to be off the field. The guys who made a national football team, a national, uh-huh. city, a national
0: football league team. You do know how hard it is to get to the NFL. You do realize that they were brought onto the team as backups. And backups who will barely play is that you know the way y'all always call Nick Foles a backup and say he's a backup quarterback that he's not supposed to even be starting, even though in a reality he's a starting quarterback and a Super Bowl starting quarterback at that. Well, he's at a whole nother plane than these guys who are shocked that they're even on the field right now, and this oh. is just the way it is. We was, all he they, they a, yesterday he Super Bowl. They, a heart. He a
2: yes, How do you <laughs> make, <laughs> make that statement? He was the backup who won the Super Bowl. So who's, he didn't expect to see the field. And the only reason he got on the field was because the quarterback ahead of him, who was the starter, got hurt.
0: This is not true.
2: So why wouldn't that be part of the mentality that he's teaching These people who apparently had no idea they were even going to play. It's a 53-man roster. It's only 11 people on the field at a time. So they had to think they was at least going to get on the field. So if he was was a backup who won a championship, shouldn't that be part of the teachings that he's teaching these guys who apparently had no idea they were even going to play?
0: No. Because the fact of the matter is, he had already been in the league for nine. You can look at me crazy all you want to. The fact of the matter is, he had a, 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 he is a nine-year vet. He's been he, a already career knew, career. he already knew before he got to the Eagles that he was fully capable of being a starting quarterback in the NFL. No question. No question. It is nine. No question. And he was fully capable of doing the job, exactly. which is confident, which is confidence that this Bears offensive line does not have, and their lack of confidence is showing as reality every week on the field. Meanwhile, when Nick Foles was given the opportunity to be a starting quarterback, he immediately proved that his confidence was correct by winning a Super Bowl championship. Also, once again, note for all the fans it wasn't like they got him in right before the Super Bowl and he just played in the Super Bowl and won it. Got went went down during the season. Foles popped in, went through the whole playoffs, made things happen, and then won the Super Bowl on top of that. All right. Please so please his, please. his legacy, his please. legacy is chiseled in stone. Please. All right. Please and please. it does not it does not translate to what these kids on our offensive line are going through right now. They are petrified, and they're not ready for for the main stage. But they have to dance on it. Go ahead. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. Nick Foles is a career backup.
2: Since 2012, started final six games of the season. Didn't go to the playoffs. 2013 started the final 10 games of the season. In 2014, posted a 6 and 2 record. It doesn't say whether he started or not. Suffered a broken collarbone which ended his season. 2015 went to the Rams, started in 11 games. In 2016, he went to the Chiefs, played in 3 games. Went back to the Eagles started the final three games of the regular season where he went 2-1, and one, ran through the playoffs, and won a Super Bowl. 2018, the year after he won the Super Bowl, started the final five games of the regular season. 2019, Jaguars started in four games on the season. He is now with the Bears. He is a career backup. Career. Career backup is what he's been for nine years. How does that not translate to these kids who you say have no idea they was even gonna play? Why why mm-hmm. would that even be an inspiration for them? <laughs> I can see you pushing that there and if a whole lot harder. Hey, that boy, you know, he's been a backup for nine years. Look at him. He's a Super Bowl champion because of it.
1: He should Look be here. bringing these guys up off the bench. Jason, here's what we got to consider. Nick Foles might be might be Tanya Harding, some of these quarterbacks. I mean, it seems like every year <laughs> his ass gets the, he, the, only, wow. the only places boy. where he's The only places where he actually came to be a starter are places who are dumb enough and had no other options but to get him like the Bears, you know, who invested in Mike (laughs) Glennon and and Trubisky in the first place. Jacksonville had nothing going for him, and he still got beat out.
0: Wow. you said Tanya Harding. He
1: probably did. That's we crazy. To consider he, he's bad luck wherever he goes. It's not That's like crazy. a quarterback keep getting hurt wherever he at. Wow.
0: That's the skater, right?
1: Mm hmm.
0: Who uh, yep. Yep. sabotaged her. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Cracked right. Nancy Harrigan. I think what her
2: name was. Nancy, whatever her name was. Cracked her knee wide open, Jack. Right, right,
0: right, right. right. She had a boyfriend do it. Ridiculous! Oh yeah, okay. Nick Foles so, had his boyfriend. First of all, we got
1: it. Yep. I mean, you know.
0: Wow. That'll Wow. <laughs> <Everywhere>. Wow. <laughs> wow. Brothers, I need y'all to be more appreciative towards the people who come to Chicago and try to make things better. Jason, you're you're a very talented brother. Very funny. Very passionate. Great at reading statistics. You can take boring statistics somehow, make them funny and entertaining. But it doesn't mean that you're right. It doesn't mean that you're telling the people the truth. I need you not to be. I need you not to be trying to delude our listeners, brother. All right. Nothing I heard. Nothing out of my read. Have I seen him? He started all
2: sixteen games. Did you hear that? <laughs> out, of, out of nine years, did you hear me say that at all? Because the sixteen games of the season, not one. Not one of these teams sixteen games, not including the one he's on now. Career backup.
0: Brother. He's a Super Bowl championship quarterback. No. <laughs> there is no such thing. If you, prove, if you prove that you can win every playoff game and then walk into that Super Bowl and win that Super Bowl, you are a starting caliber quarterback. If you, if you can prove to be a backup for the starting quarterback
2: who got hurt of a championship team, yeah. Wow.
0: Yep. brother. Happens all the time. No, it doesn't. It no, it, it doesn't. Happens. How many times? How many times does the main quarterback get injured, and then the backup takes over, and he takes them all the way to the championship? That does not happen all the time. I, it doesn't. Who's it? Jeff Hostetler? Did it? Uh,
2: who else?
0: It taking me to find a couple of these names. I know Jeff Hostetler. I don't even know. Man. I don't know Jeff Hostetler, and I can almost guarantee you, none of our regular listeners know him either. I can. Uh, I can. I put money on it.
2: <laughs> Anybody who ever
0: saw uh, 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 the, the the New York Giants in
2: the first. Uh, uh, Buffalo Bills Uh, Super Bowl, Jeff Hostel. Was, was I a-
0: even alive? You reaching back to the 70s, bro? And saying say this happened. is something that happens all the time? I was just saying, he was a backup, and he won a Super Bowl. See, this is what I'm talking about, listeners. All right, he-, he gives this information so passionately that some of y'all don't realize when he's trying to delude you. I'm over here telling you the truth. Yeah. We have a Super Bowl quarterback at center. We need to figure out how to put the proper pieces around him so that we can succeed and make it to the Super Bowl. Not other and that's all there is to it. That's all there is to it. Not other all right. I want to thank all of you for joining us here. That's James VanCade. We appreciate you spending time with us today. Once again, if you are a Black business owner, i like million. to get featured as our business of the week. Please make and sure to send an email to info at sjhbadcave.com. Any of our listeners, and we you know, also get all of all the us there. around them. Remember that you can hear this and other episodes <laughs> on all your major podcast platforms. Oh we are also man. on YouTube at SJH Please hit that subscribe button, like, and leave a comment. <laughs> you can also like, share, and follow us on Facebook at SJH Podcast oh. I would like to thank my two fellow podcasters, Jason and Hudson, for somewhat keeping it real. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, this is your host, Sign signing
2: off. <laughs>